0: Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 69 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horrors coming at you live. I am your host, Mood 616 And of course, I've always got my hetero life mate with me, JP, a.k.a. the Mexican Oil Sheik. <laughs> and of course, we're always welcoming back the Horophile, a.k.a. the guy who finally got himself a girlfriend and is forced not to spend all of his time on Chatterbait anymore. Welcome back, Kyle.
1: <laughs> oh, man, that shit's funny as hell. I, can't, I don't even have anything to say to that. That's just <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, He's also baby, known Kyle. as
2: the Wicked Warden of the
0: West. Yeah. The I Wicked know. Warden of the West. Bad
1: butcher. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, yes. And on that note, we are going to be covering the infamous Ilsa trilogy. Also known as to me, kind of like the Revolt trilogy. I was fucking laughing to myself the other night rewatching these films, and I'm like, it would be a funny kind of subtext, subtitle for it, The Revolt trilogy. Yeah,
2: now there is, there is a fourth film which would yeah. make it a quadrilogy, mm. uh, but we're just focusing on the three that was in the Anchor Bay DVD box set. Yes, yes. The other one, I believe, is Ilsa the Tigress of Siberia, which actually doing a little digging around and poking around i found out that originally that was to be included in the ilsa box set yeah unfortunately due to some rights issues they had to cut that one out and the quadrilogy became known as the trilogy
0: that's right and uh of course the third one which we know is the third one that's in the uh Anchor Bay box set, the you know, ilsa the wicked warden uh, directed by jess franco was actually not intended to be an ilsa film at first you know jess franco just starts you know directing films and things like that and um, they somehow got uh, diane thorne um, aboard on the film and um, then they just changed it into an ilsa film because the lead character's name I, I believe was wanda before something and you know upon dubbing they changed it to ilsa and it became if an official ilsa film which is kind of a weird thing but if you know the history of jess franco he's just always you know doing films that are similar to other ones and then yeah oh, i was just kind of changed it to ilsa and, and it became like a thing it was like okay this is actually an ilsa film but it, it does fit the format though
2: i was looking at his filmography and like he's one of those guys similar to like a charles band where you might or roger corman uh you are like hey i wonder if i ever seen any of this guy's films and then the answer is probably yes you've probably well, seen some one of his films and not even known it <laughs> to be
0: honest like It'd be hard not to have seen any Jess Franco films, considering he's directed like probably 200 titles, literally. (laughs) Like he has the biggest filmography I've ever seen, and it's funny, man. I I was actually trying to separate him in my collection one time, and I think I have over 60 of his films.
3: That's crazy. (laughs) Because
0: he, a lot of his films keep getting released by you know companies that I collect, you know Blue Underground and you know Severn, like all these kind of major companies, and you just randomly pick them up. And then I've I've bought Jess Franco films not even knowing that Jess Franco had directed them. That's how many even, films this guy's done.
1: I didn't even realize he was dead. I just saw that he was dead. That yeah,
0: was, he, just, uh, yeah he just yeah died just a little while ago. A couple ago. Of years
1: ago, it yeah. says. Yeah. Yeah,
0: But, I mean, when you really think about that, though, you know, he's been directing films since the early 60s. and But he never stopped. Like, he, right up until the time he died, he was still doing films, like, yeah, quite regularly. It, it
1: says here he directed films from 1959 to 2013 when he died.
0: Yeah. So. I know it's incredible. Some of the some of the years in the seventies, like I think he did like five, six, seven, eight films a year. You're like, what? Like, how is it even possible to do? It's so crazy.
2: Yeah, it's like fourteen day shooting schedules and shit.
0: <laughs> I know it's just ridiculous on these like minuscule budgets and stuff. But yeah,
2: yeah one of the, pretty- one of the things that I did want to start doing moods is since we announced what we're doing today, we should actually announce what we're going to do next week, so that I know people have said in the past that they want to. Follow along and watch the movies before they hear our show. So, what we're, we're actually doing the another remake versus original next week, and it'll be Cat People. So, the original Cat People and the remake of Cat People.
0: That's right. Yeah. The original came out in 1942, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong on that. And the other one came out in 1982, I think. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to doing that. I haven't watched the original Cat People in a long time. So, I like I, those OG versus remake shows, man. Those are always fun to do. So. Yeah, they are. And, and this, th- that one, I think, is going to be cool because they're quite different films. So I'm looking forward to that. So make yeah. sure you guys check out those films before you listen to the show.
2: And uh, actually, there's just a few more in-house things we need to cover. One is, uh, you know, we get, we're we going to keep saying it for a little while, but uh, make sure you guys who listen to, on iTunes Resubscribe. are resubscribing because uh, I know that, you know, a lot of people probably have not and I'm gonna actually try to find a way to see if I can get back into our old feed and post like a, you know, fifteen minute explanation and like blueprint on how to stay with us. <laughs> Cause um there's probably people who, who definitely ha you know, don't follow the group page or don't follow yeah. some other outlets who are just like, why haven't they posted another episode? I'm just waiting here on iTunes and it's still hasn't Yeah, posted. so if
0: you've noticed that our show is mysteriously not being uploaded to your your well, smartphone anymore or whatever wouldn't
2: even be hearing this episode so like really <laughs> true, that, true
0: that So, really just talking to ourselves but yeah i'm sure we'll figure out a way to you know get to all those people yeah, that people
2: that are listening on moods channel because they're probably at a certain point in time they're probably like why haven't they uploaded another episode and then they'll be like oh well i know they plug this all the time yeah. type yeah. in your channel see oh they've been uploading their episodes <laughs> so we're talking to you guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know, I will remind the people that do listen to the show on my channel. All the links are in the description. Yes, Cause I've actually had people ask me in, in, uh, you know, messages or comments or whatever, like, you know, what's linked to this, but I don't like they're all in the description. So all you got to do is just click that Dropbox and everything Speaking shows up of
2: which Moods, you're going to actually have to go back and change the iTunes link in every one of those videos. I did it on the site recently. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, that is disgusting. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Because people are going to be subscribing to, like, not existing feed anymore. So we're going to have to do that. But also, I just wanted to uh, also, you know, thanks, thank Horophilia and Jason for getting all of our fucking episodes up on there in record speed time. That was so yeah. cool. All of yeah. our episodes are on iTunes now. It is so cool to see them all up there.
0: Honestly, that's a lot of work. And we do... Appreciate that 100%, Jason. Thank you if you are listening. Um, yeah, that was like 67 or 67 he did in a row. Yeah. And I mean, these aren't just short episodes. So big ups to Jason Horophilia, Awesome stuff. Yep. Yeah. So uh, what has been going on, guys?
2: Well, man, I personally have uh, been really excited that we wrapped up our episode Um what was it 68 which was the top 10 of 2015 it's nice to have that put behind us I mean I did so much like cram watching towards the end that now I'm just looking forward to like a whole new year of films that I have not seen
0: I know it's so it's it's so strange man like I didn't realize how much work it was you know concentrating on 2015 films and then you know after we did the show I was like holy I can pretty much watch anything I want right now
2: it, it was a weird feeling right because for, it was for the past feeling. like two months all we could watch was films that would be either for a show that we were doing or for a future show that we were doing yeah. and now it's like last night I was like oh my god I can watch anything you know and I watched uh, the ma- uh, fall of the house of usher which was I've been wanting to get back to my scream factory watching you know going through the all the blu-rays that I have and I was yeah. currently when I left off I was on the Vincent Price collection So I wanted to check out some of those films and then then what was funny was I went right back into another list format where we are doing a top 10 of 2002 uh, sometime in the next few months and I was like, well, guess I better start prepping on this.
3: (laughs) But it's fun because
2: there's so many gems. I started watching that one that you recommended to me, Death Watch, last night and Mm. uh, I was really into it. I I love just the setting of it. So I I can't wait to finish that one up.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um yeah, I'm I'm excited for that show too. Uh, I actually just picked up a couple more 2002 films yesterday. Uh, I believe when we were talking about it, and uh, you know, getting myself prepared, found a couple I'd never even heard of before that looked okay. So, but yeah, I like those top ten shows. Going to be you know fun, man, fun. Yeah. But yeah, I, I tell you, man, that relief though, like it wasn't even a relief. It was just like, wow, I can't believe I can watch anything. So I was like, I was just like watching random things, man. I, I popped in Takashi Miike's Dead or Alive
1: hell yeah you know and i
0: was like i just watched oh uh, fucking crazy yeah. shit man. that movie what a has, weird fucking movie <laughs> that movie well the ending to that movie seriously i have to pause it like i had to pause i was pissing my myself laughing so fucking hard at this <laughs> one part that i literally had to pause it and i was like oh my god it's so funny <laughs> it's just it's strange takashi it, miike it's totally miike film and it's just weird and
2: but you know it's just it was fun to watch something different let me oh, ask yeah. let me ask yeah. you guys this have you watched his new film yet
1: what was that film called? I, I was going to say, Body? he has a new one. Uh,
0: Body,
2: I, I,
1: have haven't. It,
0: I have it sitting right beside me, actually. I have not checked it out yet. I've just been I was actually, watching older things, just purposely watching older things. Like you know, yeah, you, get... know
1: what's fu- you know what's funny about that? Is that that isn't really even his new film.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because that movie's been out for films. like two <laughs> years
1: now, and it just got a release. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: yeah that funny. actually got announced like a year ago by Scream Factory. I, I actually won a copy of it from uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. And uh, it showed up at work yesterday. I actually forgot it at work because I was planning on watching it yesterday. Oh, it actually it actually showed up? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It, it, it... I've been hearing lots of good
0: things about it. I heard it's just kind of one of those uh, kind of mind fuck deals, you know, like very typical Takashi Mike, I, I believe. But I'm curious, man. It, it's that, The premise sounds really cool on it, you know. Yeah. I
1: feel like Mike is kind of like... Uh a damn like Jess Franco or something with like as many movies as that dude punt like puts out, he puts out like three movies a year
0: or something crazy like that. But the crazy thing about him is that, you know, his movies are actually, you know, a little more budget and, uh, you know and he has long like epic type films that are like two two and a half hours long and like where yeah. the fuck do you find the time to do these films like franco would shoot you know s- you know 80 minute films but you know it would cost him nine dollars and he'd use the same cast for f- six different films
3: yeah <laughs> you know, it's
0: like okay well we're shooting this one we have this cast right here we're just gonna yeah, okay, i have these other scripts that are not even fully done so we're just gonna shoot all these movies right now and then we'll just <laughs> make like five or six out of them and i think that's what he used to do but takashi miike actually quite crazy you know with the yeah. effects and the action scenes and like he's putting films together that are pretty damn legit guys. Yeah, I was going to
1: say Yakuza apocalypse, like as weird as that movie was like the storyline, it was like a very, very well-made movie. Like it looked very, very good. Like, oh, I know,
0: I know like, like high
1: budget type stuff. So
0: that's what he does. He just, he never, he never always amazes me. Always amazes me when I watch one of his films. I'm like, damn, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm fuck. like
1: stoked. I'm like stoked to watch his movies, even though I know I'm gonna go into it, being confused as fuck when I get out of it. But <laughs> know, I'm still stoked to see it.
0: <laughs> I know Takashi Mike never ceases to amaze me that, you know, how confusing his shit. Could. It's because he's one of those guys that likes to he doesn't spend a lot of time on development that's his thing like you know even dead or alive like the you know the opening sequence in the film you're like who the fuck are these people shooting these people and who the fuck is this guy and then it just gets into the film and then you kind of have to piece things together as you're watching it, and you kind of reflect on what you just seen in the first act of the film you're like okay so this guy is part of this part of the queues these are the Japanese and these are the Chinese and yeah man he doesn't like character development in his films
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really kind of crazy like with Yakuza Apocalypse they end up fighting a frog like a guy in a frog suit at the end you're like what the fuck am I watching right now but it ends up being like some anime like they're in an anime or some shit you're like what the it's just confusing as shit
0: I know man his beginnings and his end to his films are just what the fuck man
1: I like it though I think that's cool that he makes you think like most movies don't make you think like you're like okay I know how this is gonna end you have no idea how the hell any of his movies are gonna end or what's gonna happen
0: this is the consensus on a lot of uh, you know the reason why a lot of people don't really care for M.K. films that much is because they're hard to understand and it does make sense you know a lot of a lot of times people tend to kind of lean towards not liking something if they don't understand it you know they won't accept it for it just being good visually or whatever if you can't understand it like fuck that movie you know, that seems to happen with a lot of Miki fans. I was talking to, you know, actually Zach about that. And he's like, fucking Miki makes shitty films. I'm like, do you understand this film? He's like, no. And I'm like, is that the reason why you don't like him?" And he's <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. He's like, oh, I just make stupid fucking, you know, head trip <laughs> fucked up movies. And I'm like, yeah, he does. But you have to, you know, you have to kind of take it for what it is and at least realize that it's fucking well made.
3: Yeah, it's exactly. Really
0: well made. He's got good effects. He's got like interesting scenes, editing music, like just makes good films. So.
2: You know, Moons, oh, yeah. we actually have our next two directors' spotlights planned, but sometime in the future after that it might be interesting to do a Takashi Mike special director spotlight. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think it would be cool. I mean, yeah, you know, of course, Miki dipped in into horror films, and he's, you know, he's a Kusa films and his period pieces. Fuck, that guy's covered a lot of different things, man. He
1: really has, like, all kinds of shit, man. Yeah, his yakuza movies are like apparently like his best type of movies, but dude, yeah. the horror movies, like imprint and stuff that he's done, they're pretty in like audition. Like those movies are like like good. Those are good ass horror movies. So. Mm,
0: mm. Yeah, you know, Visitor Q. I, you know, is a film from two thousand two that I, I did tell JP to check out. That one, that's an interesting fucking movie. Oh yeah, that's a
1: crazy, <laughs> That's a weird fucking movie.
0: It's so strange, man. It's Mother's so strange.
1: milk is all I'll say about that. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's Fucking <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. strange. Um, but yeah, JP, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Um, how much is the free shipping?
2: Uh, so the free shipping cost me seven <laughs> ninety nine.
3: <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
0: so we were talking before we recorded and, and fucking jp pipes up um he's like uh he's trying to buy something on what was it hastings or something I like that fries on fries and he's like he's like ah, how much is the free shipping well i was like what the fuck?
1: i said what the fuck did he just say <laughs> like, how much is the free shipping like what the fuck kind of question is that like yeah we but,
2: fucking fucking well <laughs> oh, so man. my idea behind this was i meant like how much do you have to order for it to become free shipping but <laughs>
3: My question
2: you. actually ended up being ironic because the free shipping ended up costing me 7.99.
0: So <laughs> Yeah, I know. Which doesn't make any sense cuz what you pay 3.99 I,
1: I paid like 2.99 for oh. shipping and then Derek paid 0 for shipping. So it's like it doesn't make any sense, but whatever.
0: It really doesn't, man. It really doesn't. But man, I have to say, man, this last week has been You know, for myself, um, I've been basically just kind of kicking back and just watching random, random films. Anything from, like, odd action films to gangster films. I've just been just doing whatever. But it's been a very sad and frightening week because people keep dying. Yeah. Like, every day. I'm getting tired of writing R.I.P. and then, comma, fuck cancer this week. I was saying, you know, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Angus Scrim passed away this week, which was very – very very sad. Um, I don't think yeah. he died of cancer, but uh, that that was a big loss to the horror. I think community
2: he died because... of old. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> yeah, that's... I was gonna say my buddy was like, like he didn't even know, and I, he was like, "Did the guy from uh, Phantasm die?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "I thought that dude died like ten years ago." <laughs> I was like, "Well, he was old. I mean, I know he was really old."
0: I know, and, that, and that's the thing, you know, it's like it, it's hard to feel super sad. I mean, it's just a loss, you know, because he was such an icon, uh, you know, to Phantasm films and just in the horror community in general. But he was eighty nine you know he yeah. lived a great life so you know yeah. rest in peace to it, angus grim it, and
2: it, it's a rough one i mean i this guy literally has scared me more than than most people ever and most actors I, I mean i can't really think of somebody who i found more creepy at at a young age I, I remember watching phantasm on monster vision and then the the most one of the most important nights of my entire life in terms of like who i am now was renting Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Phantasm, and watching them both in the same night, and just being absolutely terrified, and pressing stop on the VCR, and then pressing play, pressing stop, pressing play, because I just couldn't get through it. You know, I, just, I was I wanted oh, to, but I couldn't. I and it was the tall man. You know, boy, you know, it's it. It boy. just I I found him just creepy. He was just this tall, creepy ass dude. I know, man. You know, growing up watching
0: Phantasm, it was one of those movies I, honest to God, could never figure out for the life of me what the hell was going on. <laughs> I watching that thing when I was younger, going, I, I don't I don't get this movie whatsoever. But it used to scare the shit out of me. It was the look and the atmosphere. But man, I tell you, the tall man. I'll never forget the first time I watched the movie and he picks up the casket yeah. just by himself and puts it in there. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. It, like that actually, it's not even supposed to be like overly scary. I, I don't know. But it just freaked me out. I was like, that is crazy. Because like I was pretty young and I'm like, that guy's really fucking strong, man.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you know what's funny? Like when, those I, scenes. when I rented it on VHS, it actually was a very old copy that had been watched a bunch so it even made the film look older and more grainy and uh, creepy than it than it you know was if you would see it on dvd or you know an even a less you know watched vhs vhs version but that scene yeah that's when you're kind of first introduced to him and he picks that casket up and you're just like dude what in the fuck yeah know, and, man it's crazy man and it's you know so something crazy. else i heard that he couldn't have been a more nice person too from all the people that have met him at conventions yeah i yeah, swear yeah. to god the day before he died i was talking to this girl at work who um isn't the biggest horror fan in the world but you know she started working there and i found out like she likes horror films and she liked phantasm a lot and we were talking about like you know how cool it would be to like meet him the day before he died, you know? And we were talking about like how these legends like Wes Craven keep dying and it sucks. Cause I wasted my time and I never really went out there to these conventions and tried to meet any of these people. And now they're all dying. And yeah, the very next day, fucking Angus scream. I wake up, I check bloody disgusting in the morning. And I never do that either. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say never. I just, it's not something I normally do. But I actually went to bloody disgusting. I was bored. I had a little bit of time to cat, uh, kill, and there it was he- headline, front page. You know, rest in peace, Angus Scrim. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Uh, it, first thing I thought was just like, man. And then I thought like, I wonder if Phantasm Five was done.
0: Uh, the, some of the first comments I that I saw, you know, after you know reading about Angus Scrim's death was, man, was Phantasm Five finished? <laughs> People are so worried about the film. It's like, but I mean, that's understandable for the fans, well,
2: because you start thinking like, well, if it isn't finished, then are they ever going to release it? And if they know, release know. it, then, then we're not going like, to see his long... last moments on film. You know, I mean, it, to me, it's going to make it that much more powerful if it is finished it, to see like this was his like you know final go at the tall man, and you know we've come such a long way, and to really see it all kind of play out. I think it. Mm-hmm, I think even mm-hmm. if the movie is like not the best thing in the world there is like benefits of appreciating sort of um the legacy of the tall man angus Scrim, yeah. you know all i mean the hard work it, and stuff yeah I, told, I i think that from what i've read and what i've gathered you know i was doing a
0: little bit of research i think it is done
1: it
3: you know is I, done. I
0: think they finished the film so i, I don't think that that's really
1: an yeah. issue but i'm looking at it now it says they finished it but it got delayed until this year to be released
2: yeah, yeah. i think there was they were probably doing a lot of like digital post-production on it um you know a lot of cgi and different things because even when they released that original teaser trailer you can tell that the color correction wasn't even complete yet
0: yeah yeah because it was yep.
2: it didn't look like any you know filters or any like different types of um, it says here uh, the
1: reason stuff. it's delayed is because it's awaiting a distri- uh, distributor
2: well that yeah
1: There's, yeah
0: we've 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 uh, mentioned that before yeah. that they were having yeah. issues with that so yeah
2: um, actually, you know what, like that was part of the news. So I mean, I guess we can just continue along with the news. Uh,
0: well, I just wanted to say, you know, you know, like I said, this week has been tough for a lot of people, man. You know, David Bowie passed away this week too. So, you know, rest in peace to David Bowie. I mean, you know, he, he played, he played in the hunger. So I guess we can mention his name on here. Of course it's David Bowie, man. We've got to mention <laughs> David Bowie, but that, you know, that was, that was, uh, sad to me too. Cause I didn't, I didn't really know that David Bowie was sick. It was kind of. It seems sudden to me, but apparently it was public. But um, Dan Haggerty died today, um, which is kind of sad. Grizzly Adams. Apparently, he was in uh, Elves. JP was saying he was in Elves, which is I I didn't even know. I actually started laughing about that. He was (laughs) in
2: Elves. (laughs) It was funny. Grizzly Adams. Somebody posted the you know that he he that he died, rest in peace and stuff, and I was like I was like moods. The guy from Elves died and he's like, oh shit, for real? Grizzly Adams died today too. And I was like, no, that's the guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And uh, yeah, last up for the rest in pieces for this week, which is a segment I don't want to continue doing. Yeah,
2: if we have a segment like the rest in pieces of the week, that's fucked up, man.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I know, man. Um, The amazing Alan Rickman passed away from cancer. Um, Fucking sad, man. I didn't know he was sick either it's crazy I mean I don't really follow too much you know of you know mainstream news and things like that but that that was sad you know I mean he's one of the best villains of all time I mean come on fucking die hard man um, I always loved his role in fucking Dogma Dogma was so yeah. good. and of course I, I think we did mention last show but you know Lemmy passed away like a week and a half ago so you know in the last like week and a half to two weeks we've lost five people that are very notable that's pretty terrible man fucking terrible but on that downer note (laughs)
2: jp do we got any news (laughs) yeah you know to continue along with the news uh you covered all the deaths thank you for that um but something interesting happened yesterday last night to be exact they actually kind of sneakily announced a cloverfield sequel thing i mean the, I I had to look at the trailer just because I, I was so confused like what it was, uh, and I knew that I'd have to report it on the news. So I was like, I, I guess I have to actually watch this to figure out like is this a Cloverfield film or is it like a fake film? I couldn't tell, you know, if it was like a fan made thing or something. So I watched the trailer and it, it appears to have John Goodman and, you know, this girl and it looks like a bomb shelter. I think they're talking about the world like ended and like then they kind of go outside towards the end of the trailer. It's like a teaser. They don't really show much, which is good. Now I don't have to watch any more of the trailers, but apparently it's already filmed and done and has like a March release date or something. And it's called 10 Cloverfield Lane and I don't know if it's a sequel or a spin-off. But is this theatrical? Yeah, I believe so. It's J.J. J. Abrams. My yeah, day, it so. is. <laughs>
0: oh, shit. I didn't even. Yeah, I, I, this was, seemed sudden to me.
2: Yeah, here's a direct quote from J.J. J. Abrams. The idea came up l- a long time ago during production. We wanted to make it a blood relative of Cloverfield. The idea was developed over time. We wanted to hold back the title for as long as possible. What the fuck does that mean? A blood relic poster?
1: (laughs) The poster kind of looks like it may be like kind of like the movie hidden, like in a fallout shelter or something. The way the poster makes it look, at least there's like a house and there's like a like an underground thing going down to the name of the movie. So I don't know. It says uh, it comes into an underground cellar or whatever that means. Um, So I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know if it's
2: the fallout from the Cloverfield monster in the first movie, but it's one thing of note also is it's not found footage.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Oh. Well, the thing I'm confused about here is who the fuck is JJ Abrams?
1: yeah who the
0: fuck is that I don't, even know who the <laughs> is I don't know i'm just being an idiot but no this is interesting man They just like came in a left field i
2: like that though no, because how what do we talk about all the time like they show too much in trailers they and cloverfield is a good example of a film that they didn't do that with right they kept everything very secretive when that film was released and they're kind of, if this is a sequel to it they're doing that as well and i'm a fan man keep doing that i i i love the idea that I just now have heard of a film, and it comes out in, in less than two months. Like, whoa. That's awesome to me.
0: Yeah. That is cool. That's yeah. cool. So that comes, Well, this is interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah. That comes out March 11th in theaters. Hmm. So check it out. Uh, after that, um, uh, Arrow Video announced a few titles over the past week or two. Uh, the first one is The Stuff. Yeah, The Stuff is oh, getting the US release, released, which means – I found was kind of interesting. Everything's
0: a US release if you have a all-region player. Come on. It's not true. It's not true what
2: he's saying. But <laughs> The Stuff is a playable. image playable. entertainment film. They own The Stuff, I believe. It used to be Anchor Bay, I think, but I'm not sure. Anyway, Anchor so... Bay. Anchor Bay, yeah. Uh, I believe Image has the rights to The Stuff, which if we know anything image has not licensed their things out like they own chud and the house films and they did own some of the hellraisers which is yeah. interesting i don't know if they still do but wow i mean that's pretty cool they own creep show i think so if they arrow has kind of worked their way in with image to release the stuff I think that that's fantastic because that only opens the door for more releases from Image Entertainment. But, you know, those rights, particularly the ones that Image owned, I've always found very confusing because they seem to float around a lot. So I'm not sure where everything is and where it exists now. But last time I checked, it was with Image. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing, man.
0: <clears throat> These rights. <laughs> are always so damn confusing. Like I, I really just try to stay out of that conversation yeah. a lot or because it's just, it hurts my head, man.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It hurts my head. Um, that's the thing, man. Arrow just seems to be picking up a lot of really great stuff in like all types of, you know, different genres and stuff. Like um, they recently, well, they're recently going uh, to be releasing recently going to be releasing in the future. Here They're going to be releasing uh pray for death and uh rage of honor, which are just like Ninja films. But on that note, I got myself thinking the other night. I'm like, I hope they release nine deaths of a ninja. I know this is totally, I'm just off on a tangent here. But this the point is is that they're releasing like all these obscure films and shit and acquiring them that I never thought would I ever see mm-hmm. get releases. So who knows? Maybe they are going after these uh you know, these image films. I'd love to see Chud on Blu-ray.
2: Yeah, no doubt. It's
0: essentially what I'm saying, because I mean these are the type of films that we've been, you know, dying. Maybe maybe going after some of this anchor bait. Like who the hell has the rights to like the Manitou and superstition and shit like that? Is Anchor Bay still own those?
2: I don't know, man. I I did That's hear thing, that like, a lot of some of Anchor Bay's titles went to Blue Underground. Some of them went to back to their original rights holders, whether it was MGM or Universal or whatever. It's so, it's it's, so frustrating because there's so many of those older Anchor Bay
0: titles that have never been re released. They're long out of print, and i have just you know those are the titles that I couldn't even imagine Arrow putting out. They'd be so that, that'd be fucking amazing. Yeah,
2: one of the, so after that Arrow announced a UK slash US title, which was. The Bride of Reanimator, of course, this is um, the sequel to the Reanimator done by Stuart Gordon. This one, uh, kind of done by, I don't know if he was his protege or they kind of just worked together a lot, but it was Brian Usna. And yep. this one actually is pretty boss, dude. It's a three disc limited edition. And disc one and two uh, have the uh, unrated version of the film with audio, multiple, like three audio commentaries. Um, then a bunch of featurettes and the uh, third disc has the r-rated version so i mean damn that's pretty a lot that's That's like a lot of stuff for that film i would always want to i always wanted to cover those films on this podcast because i've still never seen them ever
0: yeah brian usna um is a writer
2: too right like he wrote from beyond for stewart gordon right uh, yeah, he he did a lot of stuff. Like he did um, Return of the Living Dead three. He did one of the uh, Silent Night Deadly Night movies.
0: I think he I think he actually wrote part four and five. Yusna did of what? which is which is really um, of Silent Night, oh, yeah, Deadly Night, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is not really his you know his best work. <laughs> <laughs> I would say. You know honestly, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, even thinking back on those movies, yikes!
2: <laughs> yikes! Yeah, but Yusna has done things that I forget. Like I think he wrote the dentist. Like, he does, he did a lot of things that I totally forget about. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, he did stuff.
0: Yeah, he directed The Dentist. So, yeah, you know, he's actually done some good. Well, that's right. Yeah, he used directed part four of Silent Night Deadly Night.
2: Yeah. So, that's right. Man, part four. Oof. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to get into those flashbacks. The cover art on that
1: uh, Bride of Reanimator Blu ray is pretty sick, too, for that era release.
0: Yeah, I know. It looks pretty damn good. So tempting, you know, so, tempting. I mean, every time arrow, you know, I always kind of, you know, second guess myself, like, do I need to upgrade this, you know, if it's from some other company, but if it's arrow, you know, you're getting like, you know, seven different versions of the film with like four hour bio uh, documentaries and fuck their features are nuts. It's always worth it, man. It's always worth it, right? Especially on those arrow sales that you know, Kyle just figured out that it's actually a lot better than he thought it was.
1: Yeah, I just ordered. Uh, I just ordered <laughs> what I ordered: um, City of Living Dead and Frankenhooker for like five bucks a piece. Yeah, those it's pretty legit.
2: Do you legit. have <laughs> a region free player, Kyle?
1: Uh, no, but I'm actually gonna buy one. Very, very. I actually got a ton of, uh, you know, region DVDs and Blu-rays that I can't watch, but I need to buy a region uh, free. player. Hey, Blu-ray will you do player. me a favor?
2: What? Grab me one too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that really just the kick in the ass to get when you have all these movies sitting on the shelf? and You're like, motherfucker, I, I can't watch these things. I need to get dude, myself a all region player.
1: I really wish the Xbox One would like be like the PS4. Is region free? That's I wish, man. Like that's the only thing I use to watch movies. And like I, I remember, I bought Clown, the movie Clown. I bought it from uh Zavi. It was like a limited to 500 Blu-ray. It was like it came in a red case. Oh, you it? I got it. And I was like. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna fucking watch this, and I popped it in, and it was like this you, this Blu-ray will not play in your Blu-ray player, and I was like, okay, That's well, exactly maybe I there's an unlock. <laughs> I don't yeah, think well, so. it did. I think
3: it's <laughs>
1: it, it did. It was like Rock, this is the it, wrong region for this Blu-ray player, or something
0: playable,
2: and
1: I was like, I bet I can crack this and fix it because some Blu-ray players you can change the region. Yeah, well, and it used to be
2: easy with DVD players, but Blu-ray players, I guess, are a little yeah, bit harder. They won't let
0: you. Yeah. So, it's I just bypass all that bullshit and just buy the All Region Blue player. <laughs> I'm definitely going to
3: buy one soon.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let's move on here. Uh Tells from the Crypt. This this had made the rounds multiple times last week. All the sites were reporting on it. The first response was yay. And then the second response was nay. And then the third response was like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) So uh, there's many things that happened. First, it was announced TNT is going to revive Tales from the Woohoo HBO's TV show that was very successful. I'm going
0: to animate this segment.
2: Probably uh, all of our favorite horror TV show, Like pretty much everybody loves that, that show the most. Uh, it was coming back, and I was like, "Okay, well, it's coming back on TNT." TNT used to yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> TNT used to be explosive, awesome TV, man. I mean, it played Mad Max all the time. I saw so many horror movies on Monster Vision, and then they changed their slogan from like TNT, which is obviously like explosive action to we know drama. That was our slogan. I was like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. That's shortly when I stopped
0: watching TNT. Save that shit for the Lifetime Network, motherfuckers. So, Come on.
2: when this was announced, they were like, you know, this is going to be part of a horror block that we're creating. And I'm like, okay, this sounds good. What if they brought back something like Monster Vision? My the, my mind was racing with all kind of possibilities, but at the end of the day, I was like, oh, just this is awesome because tells from the Crypt is coming back. I wonder if it's going to be like rebooting old episodes you know stories because they were from the comic books or it's gonna be all new stuff then I find out M. Night Shyamalan's in it uh, or not in it but he's going to be the show curator and I was like okay well Shyamalan's making a comeback now with The Visit and I think he's kind of more a little grounded in reality um, in terms of just his status in Hollywood and his status of what people think of him so all, all together I'm just like this is going good and then a bombshell gets <laughs> dropped on us the very next like day or week or and it says, oh, well, the Crypt Keeper is not going to be involved. It's not going to be an anthology show. It's going to be uh, similar American Horror Story where it's you know a singular story each season. It's a different story each season. I'm like, okay, so what you're saying is not tells from the Crypt then. That's what
0: you, know, you know what they're saying? They're saying it's American Horror Story.
2: Yeah, they're saying, they're saying oh, that American no Horror cr- Story is no really good.
0: Okay, first of all, you can't name a show – Tales from the Crypt when it's one continuous story. That's Tale from the... (laughs) That's Tale from the... Because there is no damn Crypt.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) What the fuck this is, man? I'm like... When I read this, I literally... I I started laughing so hard. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that sounds dumb. You
0: Don't even attempt to bring back Tales from the Crypt if there's no Crypt Keeper and it's not an anthology. That's the whole point of Tales from the Crypt. Multiple stories by multiple directors.
2: Different cast. Different stories. Different fun. Fuck off, M. Night. Yeah. But, it, well, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that they can't – if they can't use the Crypt Keeper because HBO owns it, that's fine. That's fine. But why change the format? You can still do yeah, the I'm mythology. not down with that format. So, so the, the Bloody Disgusting reported this as an exclusive. But then the very, like, next day or, like, two days later, it got even more bizarre because there was another report that kind of axed everything – or not everything, but some of the things that was said in the previous report. So – Here's what here's the status that tells from the crypt right now. And M Night Shyamalan addressed this topic on Twitter when somebody asked, like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck? Why no Crypt Keeper or whatever? And he said that, that this they can't do the Crypt Keeper because HBO owns him. But they are going to have a new host that will be cool and dark. And that you know, basically he said that it's going to kind of be like an old man with a hood next to a fire, which to me sounds like the vault keeper, which was the other, there were three, th- three things in the tales from the crypt comics who would tell the story. It was, the you know what that keeper, sounds like to me? The vault. That keeper sounds like a, and the witch.
0: It sounds like a fucking cliche to me. What do you mean? That's what it's <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy with the d- big guy with a hood next to the fire. Well, He's
2: the, they look, I mean, but that's like what it was though. Like,
0: uh, no, I know, but like for them to—that's—that's that's what they're coming up with.
2: Well, if they're not. I mean, if they're doing the <laughs> Vault Keeper, then they're not really coming up with it. It was just part of the comic.
0: I you guess. It, I mean? Well, I mean, it's similar to the Vault Keeper. I—I'll I, give them that. Well,
2: it, let me just say, if they do the Vault Keeper or the Witch, I would be. Ab- it's
0: not going to be the Vault Keeper because bad. they probably can't use that name. So, um, but.
2: because in the original comic, there were three storytellers. There was the Crypt Keeper, the Vault Keeper, and the Witch. And yeah. I, from what yeah. I understand, each each issue the story was told by one of those three and it would change every every issue uh and i thought that was really cool because then it would be uh you know it would be a way to continue the tales from the crypts legacy with without you know becoming copyright infringing on what hbo had already done but still keeping it grounded in the comic book so i'm down with that if they do that because if there's no maybe even get john cassier to do the voice Uh, you know maybe a altered version or maybe let have him play it you know who who knows like so i think their heads a little bit more in the right direction but still at the end of the day we just want the crypt keeper uh so then he also goes on to say um which to me kind of conflicts what was previously reported by bloody disgusting where they said that you know it's no longer an anthology format because shyamalan tweeted saying what are your favorite episodes of Tells from the Crypt, or what is your favorite comics uh, story? Oh, called, no. Tells from the Crypt. Uh, looking to adapt some, and I'm ready to dig in.
0: So that's weird. I, you know, the first thought I got from that was he's going to take, you know, some people's favorite episodes. He's going to take pick one of those out. And then he's going to create like a A whole whole, story around a whole story, which it's going to turn into American Horror Story from this one story.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There's not enough. Like you're not going to there's not enough story in those short episodes to do that with. Well, that's
0: where M Night would have to come in. He'd he'd throw in some twists here and there, and you
2: know. Well, if um, you look, if you listen to this whole history, this whole like, why does this have to be so damn confusing? It's it's all it's like an M Night movie. This news is an M Night. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's so confused. It's totally M Night, and only this would you know revolve around M Night Shyamalan. You know, I just I, I just all I wanted was just the anthology format because, I mean, there is none. Yeah, There is no anthology shows on it. I mean we have all these horror-related shows and there, you know these continuous stories, which is fine. But why can't we just have that anthology one? Yeah, I mean well, that's, that's what a what lot I'm
2: of people are Maybe by the backlash that initially happened, maybe they did pump the brakes and, and re-sort it's, everything.
0: It's just frustrating trying to figure this out because I just want them to say, okay, guys – just fucking around we're just throwing some twists in there it's actually anthology yeah well gotcha it's gonna be 13 (laughs) was was that as good as the sixth sense was that as good as the sixth
2: sense now if what if they did this what if it's a 13 episode anthology story with an overarching main story attached to all the mini stories similar to how they did with uh friday the 13th the tv series or something like that would you be okay with that
0: yeah, that's that's Yeah, that's, that's a little bit better. Yeah. Okay,
2: so basically, what when he says, what is your favorite Tales from the Crypt comics or episodes looking to adapt some, some, that's the key word, and I'm ready to dig in. That means, to me, that says anthology because how the hell are you yeah. going to adapt some of them in one fucking season, you know what I mean, if it's one story? So I'm, da- like, dude, I'm down with them doing reboots, or retellings of of old comic book stories or old episodes, as long as I mean, it's been it, I mean, it's been done before. You know,
0: you look at uh, um uh, the Twilight Zone. So, yeah. <laughs> so if you look at the Twilight Zone, you know the the first reincarnation uh, of it, um, which was in the early eighties. Uh, they did. They re- they remade some of those episodes. I think a couple of them. And then, of course, in the two thousand one, I think it was all based off of the TV show. I mean, that one failed miserably. But you know, it's been done. Um, I I wouldn't mind seeing an episode here and there. I mean, even Tales from the I would say Crypt.
2: half and half. If they do, if they he, yeah. if they do half of the Tales from the Crypt reboot episodes, uh, there's still yeah. comic stories that haven't been adapted. Exactly. Uh, so, I was just going to yeah, say, yeah. plus
0: there's, you know, there's old stories that have never even been done. But, you know, I have no problem with it. You know, you look at the Tales from the Crypt film, you know, with the uh, the Christmas episode and it got adapted into a short episode and stuff like that. So, you know, it works. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I was in the first season. I think that was the second second episode of Tales from the Crypt uh, on through the night. Right.
2: It was actually the pilot. It did. Was it the first it aired episode? first, yeah. but it wasn't like I, I think they like titled it as like the second episode. But I think that okay. actually no, what they did. I think they aired three in one night as a pilot. OK, I, I couldn't remember. I, can't I think, remember.
0: I think the the way it plays out on the it uh, wouldn't get the seasons on DVD. I think it's the second episode. But my point is, is that it was adapted straight from the film.
2: Yeah. And and, and so. this is what M. Knight also. He said one more thing. He said, uh, I'd never make tales without CK, meaning Crypt Keeper. Will be a new take on him as the puppet is property of HBO. Promise he'll be cool and dark. He said okay. promise, so we're holding him to it. Promise. <laughs> promise.
3: Promise.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to like M. Night. I really do. I, I really want to like him.
1: I don't. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> like you I can see how that. hard he tries. Dude. You want to know what? I I like the guy for trying with things like he tries very, very good, like he tries very hard, but he usually fails miserably. And it's really hard to like, you know, I don't don't see how the companies like most of the companies that like release his movies, even keep giving him shots at it half the time. Like, I don't hate the guy. I think that he has a passion for making movies. It's like it's like Eli Roth, like Eli Roth is a good director and he makes not a lot of crappy movies, but he gets a lot of shit, you know? And you know companies like production companies probably see that, and they're like, "Well, you know, let's go ahead and let them make another one." <laughs> but I mean, I don't know m night Shyamalan really hasn't made any movies that I really cared for other than you know the visit was all right, um the visit was the you know six cents, and I'm so dude, different happening." The happening was the worst movie I think I've ever seen. Like I'm that, so
0: different. Man. I'm that's so different than that movie though. Movie. Like if I was if I was running a production company and I was looking to hire some people on, I would hire Eli Roth in a second because oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, and not just based on his abilities to do, you know, pretty good films. Um, it's just the fact that he's always in the news, you know, you're he's, right, moves, yeah. bad
2: you're, bad, that's, bad publicity. Your company bad publicity. would be a success because exactly bad what publicity. you're gonna say. Day.
0: Exactly and it's always out there like whatever Eli is doing at that moment is out there and everyone knows about it and like him or not chances are you're going to fucking watch the movie.
1: Oh yeah definitely.
0: So and it's good to have people like that I would hire my first two employees would be Eli Roth and Rob Zombie because they are so damn talked about so many people love them so many people hate them and you know all those fucking haters out there guess what. They've all seen the movies. Yeah, and
1: yeah, and what I, Eli Roth's an example of like somebody that like you know, I like personally me, I love Eli Roth movies. Like I do. I've loved like just about anything he's put out, but he does like get a lot of hate. Like and oh, yeah. you see that in a lot of his you know, a lot of like him being out there on the news and stuff, it's like, oh great, another Eli Roth movie. People all like a lot of people like like to hate him, but he's still, you know, he's a good director. But M. Knight's a little different. Like M Knight He's, he's not a bad director or anything. He's not a bad writer, but there's a lot of movies that, like, a ton of people just don't like. I mean, I don't like half of his movie catalog, to be honest with you, but I'm not saying he's a bad director or writer. Yeah. I just personally don't like it. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't yeah.
2: know. Yeah, well, M. Night, I think, is – I feel bad for him because what happened was he created The Sixth Sense, which was, like, a huge movie and everybody loved it. This is before we knew the stigma of M. Night and – Everybody said, like, this guy is the future. This is the next Quentin Tarantino. This guy is going to be doing big things. Imagine that pressure, right? (laughs) You're like, wait, I kind of got lucky on this one, guys. Like, don't hold me that high. And then he comes out and he tries to, like, do it with signs. And then, like, it was still pretty damn popular. Everybody was still really into it.
1: Signs wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't horrible. In
2: retrospect, we look at it now and we're like, well, it was kind of stupid. And yeah, but when it came (laughs) out, nobody was saying that. Nobody was saying, like, everybody took it very serious and, and it was still held in such high regard. And what happened was slowly people started realizing, like, wait a minute, this fucking guy ain't even any good. You know, or like at least, you know, he's not as good as we thought he was. So I always kind of root for him to make a comeback because I like the underdog story. I like the people who have been down in the dumps and kind of make a comeback. So when I seen the visit, I was like, please let this continue because I want to see good things happen to this guy. I feel like he got a shitty end of the stick and he was expected to be way better than he actually was based on his early runnings in Hollywood. And I just want to see him make stuff that he wants to make and not have the pressure of like Hollywood and the 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 big machine pushing him in directions.
1: I mean, and that's- he it, the thing about M Night is like he comes out with like some good movies and then he comes out with like really shitty movies like like he came out with Signs which honestly Signs w- really wasn't that bad. It was a pretty decent movie. Yeah, it sounded- and then he terrible. comes out with the fucking mm-hmm. Village right after and it's like a shitty movie. I mean, I fucking hated the village <laughs> and then he comes out with you know he comes out with uh lady in you the know, water he's coming out with
0: the i just visit. think i just think the the you know that, that's a perfect example of a film i didn't think it was like terribly made like most of his films there's a lot yeah. of suspense there's, in there's no the fucking film. there's no fucking payoff like i mean i think it's just such a letdown yeah i think that's, that's the problem. That's he it tries is. so hard but he tries so hard for these it's amazing that, it's ending. the pressure Some of the twist were,
2: though right it's the pressure exactly. that people expect it from him and it's it's i don't even know if he wants to do those he had one good idea for a twist and he's like and then everybody <laughs> ran with it, and it, I think he's just like, I got to fucking come up with a twist, so I, I, I got to. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And then he, comes out, it and then he comes out with good.
1: fucking After Earth, which Will Smith said was the biggest regretful movie he's ever done. What? It's like, <laughs> Jesus. It like, kind That kind of probably left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. Which film was that? uh the movie after earth with will smith and his kid like will smith said openly on you know in the media that that was the biggest regret he ever had in his movie catalog was doing after earth
0: well if you look at will smith's uh filmography man that guy like doesn't do any flops (laughs) yeah (laughs) that guy is like a star it's fucking crazy every movie he's in is a big hit and it's generally good yeah will Will smith will smith's actually a good actor because he's actually good he came a long way
2: from the streets of west philadelphia
0: Well, yeah, I mean, fuck. <laughs> I mean, I still watched *The Fresh Prince* man. I love that yeah, shit, man. Really, like, <laughs> I, I think he's just a fun guy, but he's a good actor, though. Yeah. Um, you, you guys, I always think like, you know, I think when when uh, *Saw* came out, you know, with James Wan, um, you know, I think there was a lot of talk about him being, you know, like the next kind of like big director type deal and stuff like that too. Um, he was still doing, you know, pretty minor, uh, indie films, I guess, you know, minor stuff, and then *Insidious*, but. You know, I, I don't think that he's really kind of, you know, been I don't know what the right word for it is. I don't think he's really kind of failed in his filmography at all. I mean, even say and what you want what I mean, about his so,
2: Fast and the Furious film, film made a shit ton of money. You know, it might not be and, for but, us, but it's definitely for the Like that's, a high percentage of the population. That's
0: what I'm saying, man. Like when he directed Saw, everyone's like, holy fuck. Like you got to check out this James Wan guy. This guy's like, you know, he could be the next big thing. Puts out dead sounds. Good film. You know, he did a movie called Death Sentence, which I don't think a lot of people saw. It was in the same year as uh Dead, si- uh, Dead Silence. And um you guys ever see Death Sentence? I have. It's not. with Kevin Bacon. No, it's a good. F- it's it's not a horror film. It's uh, it's a, like a revenge film. Yeah. With Kevin Bacon, it's fucking good, man. It's a good film. It's very underrated. So another great film. Then he did Insidious, of course, The Conjuring, Insidious Two. Blah blah. And blah. And now
2: The Conjuring Two is coming out, and he's yeah, and this guy is not Aquaman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is attached to Aquaman, and that's the thing. Like James Wan, like you know, all this talk about you know, all this hype and stuff. He hasn't really failed, so it's kind of an interesting contrast. Really, yeah. go, good go figure. There's going to be a, a
1: Saw eight coming out this year too Listen, with him directing it. He
2: got paid more fucking money for Fast and the Furious than he has for any of his previous films combined. So oh, I, I mean, good for yeah. him. Good for. But that does him, make
0: dude. that does make sense. Yeah. Though.
2: Um, so uh, let's let's continue on here. Telson crypt, please don't disappoint. And M Night Shyamalan, where I know that it's so cliche of you to disappoint. I know it is, but you're not going to this time. I'm don't do it, dude. <laughs> um, so so uh, Krampus Moods, favorite number one film of the year, is getting a Blu-ray release February twenty third. Yay! <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> um after that we have Rob Zombie's 31. So it was announced that he I think it's tried 3 times to get uh MPAA to give him an R-rated movie and uh it was NC-17 all 3. It finally has passed enough after enough cuts. It has a R-rated uh rating attached to it now. Um but he did go on to say that the unrated cut will of course be on the Blu-ray, the director's cut uh will be on the Blu-ray and DVD. So rest assured. Dude, that, that- i know this people are freak-
1: gonna be like so cut when it gets to the theater oh yeah
2: probably you know and that, and that's that
0: people are freaking out I'm like what the fuck man Blah. And i'm like just cut the fucking movie down for theatrical who cares because we're gonna get the unrated version when it Listen, comes out
2: rob's like sorry. why are people
0: bitching too much about i'm this? not like, worried
2: about it because look
0: i won't even get a chance to see it anyways it won't come here so i don't give a shit man the first time i see the movie it will be on media and it'll be the uncut version so yeah well whatever i'm not complaining the
2: devil's rejects is an intense hardcore movie that was rated R. And then, you know, if you watch the unrated cut, yeah, it's crazier, but this gist of it is still in the theatrical cut. So I'm not worried about it. There'll still be enough there to hold me over until I see yeah. the, the, the unrated cut.
0: You know, there's going to be a little bit of blood and gore and things that are cut out of this. And but, hell,
2: depending but, on the release, understand. I might never even see the theatrical cut.
0: Maybe a random rape scene.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't understand why there's no like red band trailer for it out yet. It's like the, 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 this movie been announced shouldn't. forever? Don't do. It. But I mean, B- I know B- that B- you guys trailer. don't like trailers, but I'm That's just surprised trailer. in general. Even if I didn't watch the trailer, that there's not a trailer out for the movie yet. It's like it doesn't surprise me know. that
2: much because Rob Zombie's films. I think, if think you he's go doing back it purpose, to Lords then, of Salem, it? dude. Every fucking cast, every cast photo, every screenshot of the film was out way before a trailer got released. Way before oh, yeah. he just does it's that. Funny. It's weird.
0: The promotional the promotional posters for Thirty One look like uh, they look like the Halloween remake with the Thirty One yeah. with the claws yeah. and they're it's same colors and everything. I was like, holy shit, that's Halloween.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, so after that, we got a our first still from uh, Cabin Fever, the 2015 16 now remake. Uh, yeah, it's gonna hit VOD February 12th, and it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's I, I, here.
0: I just don't. Even, I, I'm still confused by this. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I don't understand. I, I don't even know what to Listen, say. about Listen, Roth
2: this. actually was quoted saying he was blown away by the remake. That's fucking funny to me, dude. I don't know. Like, obviously, he was
0: blown away because he was watching his
1: movie. His movie be remade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's probably jerking off in the theater thinking
0: about it oh they remade my movie it's so good well that's the thing wasn't it like is it it was it still is it still done as like a shot for shot well, listen
2: there the the right. one still that came out looks like like it is like very it's essentially a shot of like all of them I guess it would be when the homeless guy comes to the door it's like the, the cameras pointed at them like in the house i I am I'm imagining that's what scene it was from and yeah. um, they all look different. And not in a good way. Like, I didn't like the way that the cast looked. Cause, like, I, th- I look at Kevin Fever as, like, it has a very uh, memorable cast to me in terms of horror films that came out in that era. Uh, and these guys. Yeah, it had Jim some Eric. big names
0: at that time, right? Yeah. You know, the guy from Boy Meets World, whatever that guy's name is. I don't know.
3: I'm
2: sorry oh, bab-
0: yeah. I'm so bad with names. Yeah. You know me. But you know that guy from Boy Meets World? Ryder Strong. Ryder Strong. That's what his name yeah. is. Yeah.
2: And, um, it had the dude, I think he was from Detroit Rock City. Um,
0: yeah, he was um, uh, the fucking smoked out guy in Detroit Rock City.
2: Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. So uh, <laughs> after that, spilt the bong water, man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: love
2: that part. <laughs> the asshole! You spilt the bong water all over the bed. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I love Detroit Rock City, man. That's
0: my Me too, man. I
3: used to watch it
2: book. a lot when I was, you know, growing up as a teenager. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we have inside. Uh, directors they are their new film among the living is uh slated for march 7th 2016 in the uk so no u.s (laughs) release date yet but uh.
0: uk gets everything first man (laughs) yeah you know i'm serious if i made a film like if i was releasing a film tomorrow it'd get released in the uk first i wouldn't even have a release let me just (laughs) tell you this
2: guys i love the the You know, we always hear these, it's Evil Dead mixed with fucking Dead Alive with a sprinkle of Hellraiser on top. We hear this all the time, but I really like this combination of how it's being described as. It is described as, oh, by the way, these are also the guys that went and filmed the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre currently in post-production. So these guys are doing big things right now. Uh, Mm. But this one is being described as, and I love this, this is so great. It is a mix of Stand By Me. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it
1: (laughs) stand by me. What the fuck
2: stand by me? Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it. That sounds like the greatest combination ever stand by me. So it's like a coming of age clown. Wasn't it (laughs) it kind of coming of age clown? Wasn't it kind of like that as well, though? The coming of age thing? Yeah. So I, I like that. That that sounds great to me, and that maybe the grittiness of Texas Chainsaw. The, I don't know, man, this could be cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um,
0: yeah, why not? Why not? Ray? Yeah. Why so,
2: not? V- <laughs> youngsters Victor, Dan, and Tom skip school to wander around an abandoned movie set. They stumble upon a horrific vision: a woman in chains dragged through a field by a man wearing a clown mask. There's your IT reference. The masked man catches a glimpse of the boys who scramble to run away, but before they can escape, they see something which has been hidden for years. Something they were not meant to see. Terrified and having been just seen by the masked man, the boys try to alert the police. Unfortunately, their past record of unruly behavior discredits them and the police do not follow up on their tip-off. The night someone this that night someone breaks into their home seeking to eliminate them, one after another another, they are going to meet Clarence. That sounds great to me. It sounds like Clownhouse and It and Huh. Mean,
0: yeah, it does sound cool. Actually. Yeah, That's and I mean
2: it's from the guys who made Inside and the new chainsaw, so let's fucking let's look let's fucking yeah. eye on that
0: one, guys. I guess we'll get some uh you know some gores practical effects yeah for sure should be good should be good for
2: sure and uh i think there is like a few little more pieces here that i have um guillermo del toro apparently is doing scary stories to tell in the dark um there was a little bit of news that came out that said uh that anthony Hopkins regretted doing the hannibal lecter sequels as well huh wow so uh also besides mm-hmm. that, one thing that I think I reported this a while back, but the Silence of the Lamb's house is still up for sale. The original asking price was three hundred thousand dollars and it's down to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Uh what's interesting <laughs> about that is it's like twenty minutes twenty five minutes away from where I live <clears throat> or forty minutes. Something. Yeah, you can You'll probably you can probably get it for two twenty. It's a beautiful man. house. It yeah. really is. It's amazing looking, but I I definitely, you know. You can afford it, JP. Go get it. <laughs> Not in my price range. Uh, Laura Dern,
0: Joints, Twin
2: Peaks, Twin Joints, Twin nice. Peaks, Twin <laughs> fucking damn it, Twin Twin, twin Peaks. peaks. <laughs> Come on, spit it out, Twin Peaks. Yes. Uh, so the ca- the character actress who played her, or or was she the? I don't know. She's the actress Laura Dern. I don't know who she is, but yeah, she's yeah. in a lot of Lynch films. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. Penny Dreadful Season 3 is hitting May 10th, or May 1st, which is Sunday. Uh, Eduardo Sanchez is going to be directing a new horror series for S.T.A.R.S. My Um, God. (laughs) Rob Zombie wants to turn his new album into a movie, uh, which is called The Electric Warlock Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser
0: i am down i'm so down that That is the greatest album title ever yes 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 uh
2: the witch the witch is coming out february 19th 2016 in theaters which is pretty cool yes um and you know i want to give like a shout out i guess because i totally stole all this stuff from uh blumhouse they did this this little mini Thing they do it weekly where it's like the uh, news of the week or like it's basically a bunch of the little news that nobody kind of paid attention to and it's all listed on one uh, you know article so I might start using that for like some of the bonus stuff that that we might not cover and just kind of run through it really quick so shout out the Blumhouse.
1: Yeah, Blumhouse, send us some free merch and a Green Inferno DVD. <laughs> dude, Bloomhouse is
2: their website is legit as fuck. Their horror website, dude. Like mm-hmm, they, they mm-hmm. they're so against like the norm, what like bloody disgusting or like Dread Central posts. Like they have a lot of other fun little things that's not necessarily news uh, ex- specific. Which you know there so many websites are just dominated by who can get the newest story or whatever. That it's cool to see them. Go against the norm and kind of just focus more on cool articles.
0: Yeah, yeah. Two. That
2: wraps up the news. That's yeah, it's it. it for the news. Wait, wait, wait. Already, What? There's one more piece. Maybe of not. That I forgot about. Fright- oh, night
3: you're gay, documentary. right? Documentary.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. the coming out um,
2: you're so cool Brewster the story of Fright Night uh, why oh, would you yeah. ever make a documentary on Fright Night is it really that big a deal
0: fucking rights it is <laughs> I
2: said that to piss moods off. Like, but the guy who's doing this documentary also did the documentary that we still yet to see called Leviathan the story of Hellraiser and Hellraiser Hellbound too.
0: Uh, which oddly enough I've never really heard anyone talk about. It's cuz it's
2: UK, it got released in the UK in this But epic, you know you'd think you think you'd hear yeah, someone
0: yeah. from over in the UK talk about this in a video I hear or it's amazing. It's, it's
2: 476 yeah. minutes.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Wow. Yeah, and it's this like a Lord of Fright, the Rings night,
2: film. Fright Night and focusing on the sequel of Fright Night is also very it's similarly long I guess, which is fucking insane to me. <laughs> uh, wow. so yeah, it that's pretty cool uh it got it got announced I don't know when it's uh coming out, but it is announced and also finally uh puppet master access termination the third in the access trilogy from full moon entertainment and it's like and the eleventh puppet master the eleventh i think yeah yeah if it's the eleventh count puppet master versus the nine toys
0: <laughs> not part of it yeah um yeah.
2: which is stupid as fuck by the way that it's not part of well I've, I've even heard that out of Charles yeah but Ban- you know why Charles he says Ban that well. right because it sucked <laughs> like he, <laughs> he literally licensed the stuff out to be made by i guess it yeah, was made yeah. by different people but that's I, what i'm I saying. Mean, yeah. He. It's fucking it, they he used two of his own properties, you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, figures. So the it's currently at thirty three thousand dollars raised with uh out of a looking for fifty thousand with seven Wow
0: left. man. Thirty thirty three thousand dollars they could make like at least four Puppet Master films out of that.
2: Honestly, <laughs> it, with that money added to what they already have for the film, which I would assume is probably about seventy to hundred thousand dollars. I would I, I would think that this would be one of the best Puppet Master movies since the original. Um, well, you would think anyways. Yeah.
3: yeah we'll so see.
2: if anybody wants to contribute to the Indiegogo, you know, I'm still behind. I haven't seen the last one, the 10th one, but I'm always going to be a fan of Puppet Master, even though like they're pretty bad, most of them.
0: Yeah, I know. It's one of those... Series that you just can't stop watching. Yeah,
2: I always get excited when a new one is announced, and for the most part, yeah. like I, I have been wanting to revisit them, but I'm I'm saving them for when we inevitably cover the eleven films <laughs> on the podcast. We might have to break that one up into multiple parts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. So did you uh
0: did you mention that? No, at- I, I think we, I think we got good stamina, man. We can do yeah, it.
2: Yeah, we can do it. We're gonna do the Howling film. Uh,
0: well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's eight of those, 11. But Puppet Masters you know, we, are like
2: 70 minutes, some of them, so.
0: That, that <laughs> is true. That is true. They're definitely, I mean, remember the Children of the Corn films, man, most of them were like 90 minutes. You know, yeah, kind of, they were so, long. Yeah, long <laughs> films. It's like, how are you make a 90 minute Children of the Corn films? Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think we can do it, man. We've done it. I mean, the Halloween. there's only, you know, eight. Yeah. Like I said, so I mean, I'm looking forward to that. There's shit. only
1: there's only eight. I mean, it's just one less from the Children of the Corn. But I it's think it's
0: the it's it's an interesting franchise. It, it's
1: interesting. Yeah, I'm excited because
2: sense. I've only seen one of them. So to me, it's like okay, I'm definitely down to do this.
0: It's funny the middle films in that in that franchise never get talked about, and they're not the worst things in the world. Let's put it that way. Awesome. From what I remember, Kyle, you want to join us
2: <laughs> on that one by chance? It's <laughs> like we'll see, maybe.
1: Yeah, Look, all you can think of uh, is Children
0: of the Corn, Children of the Corn. No, no. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, considering the fact that like 80% of the Children of the Corn franchise was shit, uh, I don't know. We'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's shit, but some of it was pretty damn entertaining, though. Yeah, it was funny.
1: Yeah, they were funny as fuck. Most of them. Yeah. But yeah.
2: All right. So that, that is it for the news. Did right. you,
1: uh, you didn't mention that uh, that that Quentin Tarantino announced he wants to make a horror movie. Dude,
2: what is up with that? First of all, that is. Did anybody actually read the article?
1: Yeah, I read the article. Really the article.
2: The article that I read wants- said like, yeah, I don't think that I could ever actually do like a full blown horror movie, but I, if I did, I would want it to be like this. Well, he already he already did
0: kind of that, you know. I mean, he, didn't he write from Dust till dawn? Yeah, but, but know, he
2: didn't really. That's not even like a full blown. Like
0: He's really. He's about like his direct. That's what i saying. Something That's... like
2: The Exorcist.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. But uh, no, just him saying I could. I don't think I could ever do a full blown horror film. Well, he proved it with From Dust Till Dawn because it's like two different films. Yeah,
2: but technically he didn't direct it, so
0: no he didn't but he wrote it yeah so it's his story so
2: well but. so is that like is that this did he, was there another article that so came out that i missed where he's I'm, like i'm looking it? at
1: the article currently he says the exact quote is if i had all the time in the world the hateful the hateful eight director told time out i would love to make a really really scary horror film like the exorcist because he's already said he's only making two more movies and he said he wants to make either a 1930s gangster movie or a horror movie for the last two movies. So more than likely, he probably will do a horror movie. Well, he movie. needs
2: to do a horror movie because I would love to see that. But the, I don't buy into that I'm only doing two more movies thing because that's, that's I don't know why all people Quentin set limits. Tarantino knows. Like, it's just it's – it's just – it's just publicity, man. So I what? Mean, I mean Eminem's he, rich, well, right? And that dude has never think,
1: dude. He's he takes like three years at a time to make movies. So, like, these next two movies probably won't come out for almost 10 years. I mean, well, obviously, one every, you know, three to five years he's going to release. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just how yeah, he does as a director. You know what? He's so, be sometimes
2: old. people's minds change in 10 years, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure you I, might look, Kevin Smith mind, said but. the same thing three movies ago. That's the
0: thing. You can't get away from it, man. I mean, who, you know, making, Dude. you know, doing seven, eight years in between films, whatever. I mean, Stanley Kubrick only directed what? 10 films in his or 11 films in like 50 plus years yeah. of directing well, well i mean that's crazy the thing with tarantino
2: <clears throat> is yeah, i would believe that if it was anybody else like it i would be more inclined to believe it if it was somebody else but the idea that tarantino is telling me that he's only going to make this this dude is going to make films till he dies the reason why it's because it's yeah. all he knows it's we that like it is in his blood like it's because he might he's a say re- that he, he doesn't he's want an to. Actual film. Yeah,
0: he's a film fan. He loves all types of films. That's what he does. He's gonna hey, this make is more a, than two. Come this on. This
1: is a pretty cool quote. You probably find interesting moods. He said in an interview recently that uh, Australian films had a huge influence on his career. Yeah, he was in. Yeah. You ever
2: see Not Quite Hollywood?
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's yeah. He's I on think there. he's
2: in there. He's in um the black exploitation. I mean, dude, the dude is in uh, an encyclopedia of film. I mean. The oh, stuff yeah. that he's he's, a, he's 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 a real use, fan. The stuff that yeah. he's using his film is pretty much I would say like eighty percent of it is stuff that he's seen somewhere else, um. But yeah. he did it better in his film. So uh, that I, yeah. So that I think that's all the news though, right, Kyle? You have anything else?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much it. That's cool.
2: it. Okay.
0: Well, getting into mood swings and the the DVD and Blu-ray releases for January nineteenth, two thousand sixteen. I thought for sure I was gonna fucking say two thousand fifteen. I mean, I mean, all last year, two thousand and fifteen I 'd say fourteen. I don't even know what the hell's going on. Um, <laughs> so yeah, d v d and Blu ray releases for uh, January nineteenth, and not really a whole lot. Uh, first up, we got one from Screen Factory here, which is of course, every single week. Yeah, man, do they ever release a lot of stuff? It's incredible. But this is one that I've been really waiting for Um, because I just have the VHS, the DVD long, long out of print. I never grabbed it when I was younger, which was so stupid, released by Anchor Bay. And it, of course, is The Guardian, uh, the William Freakin' film, which is this movie's awesome. You ever seen The Guardian before?
1: I have not. I've not. I've actually heard of that movie, I believe, but I've never seen it.
0: So, I mean, within the last like month or month and a half or whatever uh Factory has managed to leave to release two long long out of print anchor bay uh releases from back in the day with um nightmares and the guardian which is really cool seeing these films get a re-release you know there's so many yeah. others out there like previously we were just talking about the guinea pig series and stuff I, I just you know they're not really the best films in the world but that needs a re-release
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you can pretty much only get that for like in the three hundred dollar set unless you buy them separately, mm-hmm. which I think like the separate DVDs by themselves are like 50 and 60 bucks, which is insane.
0: <laughs> so and and so. that's exactly what the Guardian and Nightmares were selling for before just on DVD. You know, they were like, you know, 40, 50, 60 dollar uh, out of print DVDs, which is ridiculous. But, you know, big ups to Screen Factory. These are releases that I was super stoked that they really, you know, announced, uh, you know, unlike, you know, they they release so much stuff. That you know, some of it's whatever, and some of the newer stuff. I'm really, I don't get excited for the IFC stuff. It's nothing against the IFC releases. It's just they're such a bitch to get in Canada because they're all considered imports for some weird reason. All the other screen factories are not considered imports. IFC releases are, so they sell for like forty bucks up here, and that's why I'm missing three of my collection now. But so, so, yeah. in my opinion, I'm like, fuck IFC right now. Um, but big ups to, you know, Screen Factory for The Guardian and Nightmares and thing. These are the titles I love to see, these re releases um, of out of print stuff. So, what was the second one? Guardian, yeah. The Guardian and what? And Nightmares. They were, you know, that's already been long.
2: Happened.
0: That's, well, no, I, I'm not. <laughs> And for anybody out there that's listening, oh, 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 oh. uh JP was pissing. JP was pissing. I was just bringing up that Screen Factory released two sought-out old out-of-print anchor bay titles with Nightmares and um and The Guardian oh. recently. So that's very cool to see these type re-releases on Blu-ray. Um next up here is one that I'm really interested on. It's called Hannah Dama, The Origin. Uh this is a Japanese um I'm assuming type splatter, not really splatter something to do with spirits and things like that but it's um from the director that did splattered naked blood which was fucking insane you ever seen that one
3: kyle
1: yeah i've actually well i haven't seen all of it but i've seen some of it yeah, and that is a pretty fucking crazy <laughs> yeah. one
0: so when i seen this guy's name attached to this i was like i gotta check this out man it looks pretty fucking cool so you pretty much know what you might be getting, getting that one. New, yeah. yeah you know i mean it is japanese it's crazy and shit like that so i don't know very interesting i know my ma- or, man Derek will be interested in that one right there um speaking of re-releases of out-of-print uh, titles, Vinegar Syndrome picked up Troma's Luther the Geek and is releasing on DVD and uh, Blu-ray combo pack. Or maybe it's a DVD and Blu-ray. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, Luther the Geek's getting a Blu-ray release. Really? Holy shit. That's weird. It is fucking weird, man. But I'm stoked because I, I love Luther the Geek, man. I recently just talked about it in a video, too. And oddly enough, so did other people. <laughs> I've seen like three or more people talking about it in videos lately. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, Luther the Geek, very underrated film. And that's what it was. It was in my underrated video. Um, I think it's a fun film. So, And you know, Vinegar Syndrome is going to come with that amazing transfer. It's going to be awesome. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. uh, speaking of Vinegar Syndrome, this has been released, but only on their website. Now it's actually being distributed on to Amazon and other distributors and stuff like that so nightmare weekend is available now on amazon so if you didn't pick up that re-release um again another trauma title nightmare weekend not a great film actually pretty bad but super fun i'm I'm really curious to check out the transfers. i heard the transfers just fucking silly.
1: every time i hear the word weekend in a movie time i always think about long weekend for some reason i don't know why well, it just reminds me like the word weekend always reminds me of that movie for whatever reason. That,
0: that's actually a good movie to to reference back to because that's an Australian flick. That's awesome. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, it, it is. It is awesome. I have, I watched it like a couple of weeks ago. It's pretty good. I liked it.
0: I love I, I just love all the subtext in that film. You know, there's so much more going on in that movie than you think it is. Like, it's, exactly, it's, it's so cool, man. When you can rewatch that film and kind of pick out things, it's it's an interesting one to discuss and kind of dissect. You know, it's yeah. one of those type of films. So, um, but yeah, Nightmare Weekend, get uh, yeah, a Blu-ray release, pretty fucking awesome. And uh, pretty much last up for the releases, there's like oddly enough, you know, we haven't done releases in a couple of weeks due to Top Ten Show and and the time off and stuff. But the previous weeks there was tons of fucking releases. We would have been doing releases for like twenty minutes, mm-hmm. um. But not this week. This week seems to be the downer week, and this one is being released by Maverick Entertainment, and it's called Dead End. <laughs> At least it's an original title. You know, uh, again, here, oh, I'm going to go search Dead End. What is going to come up? Probably the 2000, mid-2000 uh, Dead End film yeah I mean
1: yeah uh, that's what I was gonna say that's what it probably will come up that's what it reminds me of at least. <laughs>
0: I know right when I first saw that I was like are you kidding me that <laughs> end really um but that's pretty much for the releases for this week that uh that are on here so I mean for anybody out there that wants to pick up straight out of Compton I do recommend highly highly recommend highly it. recommend that it's really Compton, and it is the unrated director's cut I don't know what's different about this version I think from what I previously read there was like another 20 minutes in the film or something which is crazy oh wow
1: um
0: or so it, it might not even be that sort don't take my word, but that's what I'd previously read. So who knows if that's what they went with? So, which is already like a two and a half hour film. So this is like going to be an epic. But yeah, uh, I'll, you know, I wanted to mention straight out of Compton because it was one of my favorite non horror films of last year. I actually saw this in the cinema and it was really you know, kind of taken back with how well they did the story and how, how much they really did focus on the group and not individuals. You know, they introduced the characters in the film. And I thought that was really, you know, cause it's about NWA. It's not about yeah. ice cube or just Dre or easy. Like, you know, you could make movies specifically on those guys, but they did yeah. focus and they did it properly, you know? Yeah, and I thought, exactly. the, and I thought the acting in this film was fantastic. Like Dude, really, really, Ice fantastic.
1: Cube's son looks so much like him. It's ridiculous. Oh,
0: it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid. Just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like perfect. But I, Oh, he really was. It's so crazy. I'm glad that he got that part, too. You know, because I know Easy's yeah. son tried out for the part of Easy, of course, and they didn't accept him.
1: <laughs> so, it probably sucks at acting or something. I'm sure said it that. is. It's,
0: this is a Hollywood film. You know, they want good acting. You know, that's the thing. So, yeah. you know, it makes sense. But straight out of Compton. Check it out. Awesome film if you haven't. And that is going to do it for the releases. There's really fuck all this week for... <laughs> releases which is kind of sad kind of sad like i said previous weeks man there was so many like we're talking like you know break your bank release weeks so um but uh getting into the voicemails and did you pick uh, a
2: release of the week
0: oh shit i didn't i totally didn't oh it's been a while man brain's not (laughs) brain is not working properly man um yes my my release of the week and i'm going back to screen factory for this one and uh, it is going to be the release, uh, the Guardian, for the reasons that I stated before. You know, a long sought out out of print title that's getting re released, and it's a good film. William, Friedkin. so William Freakin man with the Guardian. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it's a film you don't hear many people talk about because I don't think a lot of people have seen it to be honest. Yeah. It's kind of, but a lot of stiff
2: competition. Um, yeah i
0: know right <laughs> <laughs> luther the geek and nightmare weekend dead end how original is that yeah. um but yeah moving along here uh we're gonna get into the voicemails and questions um yeah. jp we got some voicemails yeah there. we
2: have a few voicemails uh for some reason the new phone that i got does not allow me to edit the title of voicemails so for now on, i'm probably not gonna know who's what and what order i'm playing them so that if they're out of order at all i apologize but, uh, here's, but here's the first one, which I believe is Lawrence.
4: Lawrence. I'm sorry that I haven't called in a long time. I've been involved in a bit of a move, so it's been difficult for me to find time to really sit down and listen to the podcast. But I, uh, well, you know, I am catching up. I just, this has been one crazy year all that's left of it. Anyway, I was wondering, you guys had discussions about 10 out of 10 movies, and you always talk about perfection in regard to that. Well, here's my question to you. Let's not look at movies a second. Let's look at directors. Which one would you rate a 10 out of 10? Which one gets as close to perfect in his filmography or her filmography in your opinion? Or which one is provided the best and most memorable movies? Would it be George Romero for his outstanding movie The Night of the Living Dead which has gone on to revolutionize the very genre it created? Or would it be someone like Stanley Kubrick, who arguably has had the most beautiful films or most hard worked films, the ones that it takes so long to make because he wants everything to be exactly the way he wants. Who would you put as a task and director? Anyway, stay awesome and hope you guys have a great new Year. Mm-hmm.
2: So obviously mm. that voice a little old uh but you know hopefully you caught <laughs> yeah
4: what's left of the year. <laughs> So uh,
2: hopefully you caught up on some episodes when we were you know out for a few weeks that was like a perfect timing for you I guess Uh interesting question I actually really like this question whenever we get yeah, questions too. that are kind of just like outside the box or you haven't answered a bunch of times those ones are my favorite
0: Yeah I never really thought of this before because you know um top or you know 10 out of 10 films you know we discuss and and like how we rate those and things like that but i never really thought about you know directors as like top you know 10 out of 10 directors I mean we've discussed the fact of what makes a master of horror which you know will be for a future episode but that's not really what we're talking about here we're talking about directors that have you know the way I take this question is like you know pretty much perfect filmographies is that how we're kind of doing it because you know it's funny he mentions uh, George Romero and you know quite obviously he doesn't really have a perfect filmography at all (laughs) he's, he's made some bonafide 10 out of 10 films in my opinion but You know, so, you know, second half of his career is pretty lackluster, in my opinion. They're not like terrible, terrible, terrible films. But, you know, overall, as you know, as a whole, uh, the way I look at it is if you look at a director's entire career and what they've done, you know, their whole body of work, do they have any misses in their career? There is a few directors um, that, in my opinion, haven't had any misses. Uh, The first one, which we brought up a couple times on the show, is Tarantino, not necessarily a a horror director, obviously, but, you know, in my opinion, he's never had one miss in his entire career. That's so crazy. (laughs) You know, he he really hasn't like every, every, every film that he's directed, in my opinion, has been. Amazing, Like that guy really is on point with his films. Now, the guy that I did want to mention and bring up in this was I, I really thought about this last night. And I was like, damn, man, I'm kind of going through guys. And I'm like, no, that was a miss. That was a miss. And this is the way I break it down. Like I said, I said, full body of work. Now, I'm kind of cheating here like I always do. If you guys know me, I'm always cheating. But this, hey, is, this, is, this is a violent <laughs> This is a viable. This is a viable cheat, in my opinion. So I'm going to take a director here, and I'm just going to look at his horror films, the body of work that he's done in horror films. Now he doesn't make horror films anymore. He's, you know, expanded his horizons. I guess he kind of branched out. And he starts. He's done other type of films, you know, crime thrillers and um, mind fucks and things like that. But I'm going to talk about David Cronenberg.
3: Hey, now, David Cronenberg.
0: Cronenberg. If you look, if you, if you took david cronenberg's filmography and you just compressed it down to his horror films and this is all he's ever made this is the world that we're living in right now david cronenberg has only directed horror films okay. he hasn't had a miss he did perfect horror films i mean not 10 out. Of ten, but i mean they're yeah, all hits yeah. in my opinion okay so i mean you look at his career like he directed shivers rabid uh the Brood. Um, Scanners, Videodrome, The Dead Zone, The Fly, Dead Ringers. You can even lump in Naked Lunch in there too if you want to go as far because that movie is brilliant. It's really, really fucking weird. But you know that body of work right there, not one miss. And I I wanted to focus solely on the horror elements of his career. And personally, he's never had a miss. And I couldn't think of too many other horror directors out there that have had. You know, I mean, and, and. you know, if a director's only done one or two films, I don't really think that counts. I mean, I'm looking at a bigger body well, well, work here. Well,
2: actually, we need to define that. What does count? Like, how many? How many do you think they need to have for it to count? I don't know, man. I would say like six. Knows, maybe I'm a stretch. Maybe five? maybe five or six. Yeah. You know, at
0: least because you know you could have, a, a, you know, one or two really good films, and then you know just kind of uh, I don't know, man. I say yeah. five. Or, I say five or six at least. But I mean, look at this though. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I like. I'm listing off nine films there.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, that's 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 a good list. So, uh obviously, just, just Toby a... Hooper. I mean, guy's not had a miss in his entire career. Oh <laughs> <laughs> God! Um, but I, it, me, it, I mean, it. if you go down the list though, like Toby Hooper, uh, he's had some of the best, but he's also had ones like Life Force. Uh, John Carpenter, I mean literally some of the best filmmaking in horror, but he had stuff like The Ward and Ghost of Mars. Even though I like Ghosts of Mars, I wouldn't necessarily consider that a hit. Uh, George Romero, I mean might have some of the most incredible films in his filmography, yet he has some awful films in his filmography if you count you know, some of the later zombie ones. Argento, I mean – uh, is all of his films hits? I think not. Dave Z might say that they are, no. but from what I hear,
0: no, 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 they're definitely not. A um, fan of the opera is is a bonafide piece of large shit.
2: Uh, if you go to Hitchcock, I mean, he had two two bonafide horror films ish. So mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, what about uh
1: David Lynch, he had uh, like two or three that were like Mulholland Drive, Eraserhead. Um, what was the other one? Elephant. I think didn't he do the Elephant Man? It's not really a horror film. It's more of a It's kind of like a, I mean, it's not really, it's like a
0: dark drama in a way. Yeah, It's a really kind of strange film, but you know, Lynch Lynch is a good one because, you know, honestly he hasn't really done a lot of in my opinion. You know, a lot of people would say inland empire was, you know, not that great or whatever. I disagree. I think that movie is creepy as shit. Like it's so fucking weird and creepy, but Lynch is up there, man. He's done a, he's had a long career of, you know, hits, um, you know, going back to Hitchcock, you know, if you take Hitchcock from when he moved over from the UK to America and started making American films, um, you know, he doesn't really have a lot of misses either. Yeah. His filmography from that point on is really crazy, man. I mean, you know, I think his last film is probably one of his weakest, but he it's still not that bad. I mean, it's Hitchcock, man. Fuck, he did good movies. You know he's he'd be up there too, man. Yeah. Really, well, I
1: mean, he's done a lot of
0: movies. Considering the body of work that he has, not to have any bonafide, you know, shitfests mm-hmm. is really amazing. So, in my opinion, th-
2: there's definitely been directors who I think have all had what I would consider good movies, but I think that they, I think for them to be included, they at least have to have one amazing movie and not just five good movies. I, I just think five is an appropriate Five and above uh, would be a ten, I think, and uh, so five. You know hits in their filmography, but one of those hits has to be an amazing hit, you know what I mean? So, um, I'm looking at some other directors right now, someone like Sam Ravey, the Evil Dead trilogy, Dark Man, uh, you know, and then fucking uh, <laughs> Drag Me to Hell, which Spider-Dark I think Dark is Man. a hit, uh, but <laughs> you know, so he doesn't count. <laughs> uh, and then you have somebody like uh, Brad Miner, who honestly has directed some decent films, some, some hits in there, but definitely not, uh, you know super noteworthy Uh, he did friday two he did friday three he did house he did warlock which i think is a hit
1: talk about the friday with ice cube right
2: (laughs) 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 no uh and then he did halloween h2o um and he did the day of the dead remake so there's there's your right there
0: (laughs) so strange it it really is strange man that's so strange yeah
2: and then you have somebody like tom holland who did fright night Child's Play, uh, a TV movie called The Stranger Within. He did Thinner, yeah, The Langoliers. Just... um Most of his horror films I consider good.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but
2: is he there? I, I'll tell you the one that I'm looking at, though, that I think is a 10. All right. You ready for this? The House of mm-hmm. a Thousand Corpses, The Devil's Rejects, Halloween. Halloween 2? Kind of a miss? I don't know. I don't consider it a miss. And then The Lords of Salem. Assail-
0: well, that that's the thing I had. I have Rob Zombie written down here in with a question mark because I knew I knew he was going to get brought up. And uh, that's the question is Halloween to a miss is Halloween Two a miss. And in my opinion, yeah, I mean, I don't you know, we've talked about this miss. movie. It is. We, we have talked about this movie to death. And, you know, we, our opinions have changed drastically over the years. Like, I mean, when I first seen Halloween two in the theater, I walked out and I was like, I cried. <laughs> I cried a little bit. I was like, I, I don't I understand like, why he hell? did that. I was like what the fuck man I was actually so upset with it because I love the remake and I was really upset with part two and I was like fuck you know and I kept watching the film and trying to figure it out and things and the more and more we talk like when we did the Halloween franchise and we talked about and we really brought up good points and elements and things like that but you know with all that said it's still not a hit. (laughs) yeah unfortunately like i'm trying to find the best you know i'm a very pessimistic person you know you can can talk to my wife like i'm a very pessimistic person i always look at the bad and i mean in reality in films i try to look at the good and stuff and i just man dude that that one frustrates me man it sucks man it sucks because if you took out halloween 2 yeah all right rob zombie hasn't had any i have another one
2: then all right this one cabin fever hostile hostile part two the green inferno and knock knock
0: yeah i haven't seen knock knock and i honestly green inferno didn't wasn't it wasn't was it a thing. was it a miss though no it's not a bad film i mean i, I shouldn't say it's not my thing i love if, Can- if, like Can-
1: Infer- if you didn't like green inferno you will
0: not like knock knock no i did like the green inferno i just didn't think it was great i thought it was pretty you know it's about yeah, it average. Right. You no know, it was decent like i would rewatch the green inferno yeah i i thought it was i thought there was a lot of good elements to it but you know I didn't a, think, I didn't think it was the greatest thing in the world but and I'm not just saying that like I give it a fair shot of course you know I love yeah. some cannibal films I and I love that you know it was basically his kind of letter to cannibal holocaust homage, it's,
1: yeah
0: yeah it's like a homage film it totally is and um I get it and
2: yeah so I guess that one just comes down to whether you would consider well you haven't seen knock knock but I definitely say it's no. a hit um, the Green Inferno, I guess that for me it would come down to is the Green Inferno a hit or a miss? Does it qualify enough as like a hit for it to be counted?
1: I mean, what do you mean by hit? Like, are we talking about hit like as in like, monetary like we wise. thought it was a hit or it was a hit in general? No,
2: like the, when you look at a director's filmography, like is it, is it a good movie? Like, is it, I mean, is it, uh,
1: here's the, Here's the thing about The Green Inferno. I think that if people, I think a lot of people went and saw that movie that have never seen cannibal movies, and they're like, "Oh man, this is fucking awesome." But us being extreme fans of cannibal movies, we've seen a ton of them. We're kind of like, "Eh, that was all right, but it wasn't like anything special, you know." I don't feel like it was. I don't feel like it was a hit. I don't think it was like Mm. Eli Roth's best movie by any means. (laughs)
0: I got one here, man. I, you know, I had this guy written down too, and I was contemplating on it. And the more I think about it, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards, it's, it's interesting because you probably never associate this name with, you know, a 10 out of 10 director or whatever. Again, I'm focusing on strictly horror films. Yes. Yeah. You know, he's, he's done a couple other films in his career that are obviously not horror films. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking about Don Coscarelli. Uh, I see
2: he was next on my list that I had.
0: So, I mean, like, let's break this down. Phantasm, Phantasm two, Phantasm three four Bubba Hotep incident on and off a mountain road of course was uh from season one of Masters uh-huh. of Horror and John dies at the end and I haven't well of course no one's seen Ravager yet but we're focusing I mean, on the film uh, I haven't out.
2: seen either Bubba Hotep or John dies at the end but I hear oh. that everybody likes them so I would I mean that seems to be that's, uh, they're, that's they're it right in 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 there. that's a that's a 10 director then if that's it yeah
0: they're hits in my opinion John dies at the end is man uh, criminally slept on film yeah. I think I think some people have seen it but man dude never hear anyone talk about it it's a really strange odd film but very cool yeah it's a very cool film and it was a nice comeback for Coscarelli because Coscarelli hadn't done anything since the Masters of Horror episode which was seven years earlier and this is his, that was his first full-length feature in 10 years and, and so honestly mad props to him.
2: I will say it's original it's original as shit man I will say that you know Coscarelli you know in and, and not a horror film but Survival Quest is a fun movie. I would consider that a hit. It's not a horror film, but so even his non horrors are kind of decent too. Oh,
0: I know that he doesn't care for the Beastmaster, but shit, man, that movie's fun <laughs> as fuck too, man. It's not a great movie, but it's one of those ones that you can just appreciate it for what it is for, you know, the type of genre it is. But
2: All right, I'll give I you like another it, one, Modes. So this is this is one that you might not consider right away. But you got Piranha, The Howling, Gremlins. The Burbs, Gremlins two, and then The Hole, and now burying the X. I think he had a decent run there for it first with you Yeah,
0: you know I'm probably one of the I'm in the minority here, but I actually did like burying the X. I know a lot of people. I know even Jason had it on his worst films of the year. Honestly, I that movie had me laughing through the whole thing. I was pissing oh, myself. The Plus, movie. Oh yeah, and um, but honestly, ah, uh, the the one the the lead actress in that film, my god. I couldn't stop looking at the screen, man. She's so hot. She's been in a bunch of things. I, I don't know what her name is, but I liked it, man. I liked it. You know, honestly, the only movie in there I don't care for is Gremlins 2. Yeah, I think that was I've, the I've only real miss I, I, in there.
2: But it's debatable with certain people because some people. Exactly. It
0: exactly. it Totally. And I, under, I, I get it. Um, it's I've never liked the movie. I don't know what it is. I actually just I rewatched it uh, around Christmas time with my with my son and. And uh, he really liked gremlins. He thought it was like the coolest shit in the world, yeah. <laughs> you know, but he was losing the even he was losing the attention watching the second one. He's like, I, I
2: got another I, one.
0: I, for I you, I'm going to go play with Lego. Uh, let me let me
1: give let me give moods one really quick. <laughs> okay. I got one for moods. And this is this is kind of a, a joke, but uh, Mary and Dora, bro. Ah, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Hannibal Voyage to a uh fucking. Uh, what else did he do? Debris Documentar uh,
0: Melancholy Durango.
1: Yeah, melancholy. That's right. Yeah,
0: <sighs> you know, I would actually like to see that film with English subtitles because, yeah, it's
1: st- on YouTube with English subtitles. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I had no
0: idea. Um, yep. man, he makes some fucking he makes crazy, some fucked up, films, up movies, doesn't he? Really does, man. Um, Cannibal. Jesus, I I personally love. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I love Voyage to Agatha's. Man, I thought that movie was great. Yeah. Yeah. It but,
1: was. It was a pretty interesting movie. I, I thought Cannibal was – it could be considered like a disturbing movie. And Debris Documentar was just disgusting.
0: Cannibal is definitely – it could be on the disturbing And I believe that I've seen it on disturbing lists. Yeah, yeah I have to. So, yeah. I, I think actually all of his films, to be honest. Melancholy Draggle has been on there. Um, Voice of Goddess, I believe, was on there too. So it has got a nice string of disturbing films.
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> a weird guy. He's a weird director, man. I don't know.
0: I, yeah.
3: Weird dude. I got um, – see the
0: yeah, like I initially thought when I when I was thinking like ten out of ten director, I immediately was not thinking, you know, so much towards you know newer directors. You know, it was yeah. Weird. Yeah, I just never yeah, even
2: thought that I didn't they have really stood it, the test, just, test of time yet. Well,
0: it's also their body work has to be smaller. If we're looking at contemporary directors, yeah. I mean, unless you're, you know, unless there's a few directors that are doing shit like constantly, but I, you know, I was really focusing on these older ones. Um, but Cronenberg was the guy. Yeah, I mean, that, that's like, that,
2: that's a good that's, one right there. I think that. You know, I, it I think that also what becomes problematic is when you run into people like Carpenter and Craven, who are obviously geniuses in the genre. That they have such a giant body of work that there's just, you know, pro, it's, Bound yeah, the, to the, yeah, the uh possibilities and the probabilities are there for you to kind of have a miss there. Oh, of there, course,
0: oh, of course. It, it's going to happen, That's and it does. I mean, you know, Argento. I mean, a lot of people say that Argento hasn't made a great film since. <laughs> you know, roughly maybe Tenenbray, you know, it goes back that far. And I, I disagree because I, I think um, opera is a good film and um, his love letter to Hitchcock and stuff. Uh, do you like Hitchcock? I enjoy that film, but, you know, he does have a couple bona fide yeah. misses. Um, so, I got, you know, it's tough. And of course, Fawlty does too, because Falchi also done a bunch of different direct, but it's, yeah. you know, he's done a couple horror films, like Manhattan baby, not good. Um, I, I <laughs> so. have
2: two more here that I would like to go through and then we could kind of end it on that. So I have Kronos mimic the devil's backbone blade two and then crimson peak which i haven't seen so that's one to look out yeah. for with guillermo
0: yeah yeah i was you know i thought of him yeah. too but I, had seen, Pe- I hadn't seen i had seen crimson peak and it's crimson
2: out Pete <laughs> well there goes it's crazy how many people your that shot, shot guillermo, so guillermo there goes oh. your shot dude
1: that's not even that's not even a
0: horror movie dude well, it's, it's like a
2: thriller like
0: love
1: story none movie. of his I, films
2: I, are like that horror like devil's backbone Dude, not that really movie perfect. was
0: not good. It's like dark fantasies. He makes like dark yeah. fantasy films. Okay,
2: so we'll end on this one, and it's where we began the show, and that is James Wan. Saw Dead mm-hmm. Silence, Insidious Conjuring, Insidious 2, and the. Well, that's it. That's five.
0: Yeah, I mean he's definitely in running, and which it's is odd because he is a contemporary director. So I mean five films. Yeah, and Conjuring two all good, all good being in my
2: opinion done right now. So I mean, I, if that's a hit, I, I think that he's definitely on his way to being a ten director. If, if he ready. if he
0: manages to pull out a hit with the Conjuring two, I'm going to be really surprised. I, I don't know, man. I, I have a hard time with. I mean, but then again, Insidious two is really good. So I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I I don't know anything anymore. Okay, who knows? Darth, Ma- Darth Maul at the end.
2: You know end. somebody who else I didn't think of is Ty yeah, West. Exactly. I haven't looked at his filmography, but I wonder if the he has five good ones because I can think of VHS, The House of the Devil, and The Sacrament right away.
3: Hmm. The um, Roost.
2: Yeah, let's. Well, let's but he, then later. he did like the ABCs of Death segment, so instant, But he like, also out. did cabin,
0: <laughs> he did Cabin Fever too, which you he know. Did try I to guess get his counts. name took off of it. I don't know, but you know. You know, I, I mean, his main film, The Roost, Cabin Fever 2, The House of Devil, uh, VHS segment, ABC's segment, Sacraments. See, I liked this segment yeah.
2: in, v- in ABC's too, but it's definitely not a hit of a movie for me. No,
0: I, I wouldn't consider time. It. I mean, even even, you know, the innkeepers I like, it's not great. I have a lot of problems with the very, very ending of House of Devil, which we t- discussed on this podcast um, Captain Fever 2, I actually enjoy that film because it's just a gross outfit. It makes me fucking gag like No mm-hmm. Tomorrow. And I bonafide love The Sacrament and The Roost. So I think The Roost is so underrated. Yeah. So, But that's just my opinion. So I hope
2: that answered your question, Lawrence.
0: <laughs> wow, we kind of extended that one, didn't we? And I think there is actually another one from Lawrence too. Yeah,
2: Um. well, I'll let you know whenever it comes, if it comes. <laughs> All right, <laughs> next up. Hey, guys. There it is calling because I left a little question
4: on the horror group and it looks like a lot of people are torn. I asked which they prefer the original uh, My Bloody Valentine or the remake. And it seems like most people are either one or the other and I haven't really seen a lot of movement towards either one. I was wondering. What do you guys prefer and why? Just since Valentine's Day is coming up and it seems like a pretty good question which is better, original or remake.
2: Well, I would suggest well, that y'all go back and listen to episode to our my bloody Valentine show which not the one that got deleted by the mysterious world of the internet. But the one that actually got completed, the one that we actually posted, uh, which, do you know the episode number of that? No, I have no idea. Uh, I believe it is episode number 42.
0: But regardless, the point is we actually did a a My Bloody Valentine OG vs. Remake show. So, you know, check that out. Our full thoughts are on there. But, you know, just going back to it, I mean, I've stated many times uh, My Bloody Valentine – is one of my favorite movies of all time. It really is. It's my second favorite standalone slasher. It's one of my favorite films of all time. So I that pretty much answers your question right there. And the reason why I like my bloody valentine so much is because it's it's a very, very likable film. It's got great characters. It's got great character developments. It's interesting. The settings awesome. The music, the kills, the killer. Everything about the movies is, is awesome to me. Awesome, awesome. And you know it, it helps that it's Canadian. I'm just joking um that doesn't matter at all but i just love a? every every <laughs> it's canadian a no i love everything about the film i've stated it in the review and i just it's one of my favorites i can watch it and i will watch it again Listen, around that time Valentine's just by Day, so. the
2: ratings alone moods give it a 9.5 out of 10 so uh yeah. definitely he likes the original more.
0: and i think i was questioned too like why didn't you give it a 10 i'm like i don't know it's one of those films it's, i just don't I,
2: I, I could i i honestly like I love I, My Bloody Valentine, but there's no way to me that that is a ten film, um, yeah. and yeah, I don't know. I, it's so well, easy. It's back-wise,
0: for, yeah, maybe it isn't, but to me, it's like you know, there's a lot of history with that film. I mean, it was I saw it so young, and I grew, I just loved it. There's so much, you know. Maybe the the rating is a little bit nostalgic.
2: Well, definitely, It definitely know, influenced is. too.
0: But some of these older films always are because I grew up with a lot of those it, films. I watched over and over again. If you just and, take the film the by is, itself. Like how I honestly think it is one of the best slasher films of the golden age of slasher films, and that's just my opinion. But I personally think it, it is, it's
2: a decent one for sure. Uh, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, but mm. you know,
0: that's not decent, that's excellent. Yeah, and an 8.5 is a it, good rating.
2: Well, I mean, of <laughs> when you compare it to the slashers of the golden age, is what I meant. It's decent compared to the best slashers, yeah. which. Um, I, per, I think, I think like three or four of the Friday the 13th films are the best of the golden age, you know, and Elm Street well, and
0: Halloween. And if you like took that. the, if you took the golden age from 1978 to 1984, you know, you, got, I guess you have four Friday,
2: two, four Friday, Friday. F- two and four.
0: And, and yeah, so you got four Friday films in there, you know, 84, I guess, you know, if you want to include Nightmare and Elm Street, but you know, Stan, I mean, for standalone films, well, you know, if, exclude if, we're the if we're
2: adding another thing to it, like standalone, yeah, it would probably be top three for and, me.
0: And that's the thing. There is a lot. I mean, it's comparable. I mean, you know, I love the burning. I like it more than the, the best. And that's the thing. Maniac. Well, I'm not saying Maniac is the best. 100% sure. I don't really know. But it is my personal favorite.
2: I think it's um, the best.
0: The but best I think. Yeah, it's just, I think so. Oh, yeah.
2: It's so yeah. good. Um, And, you know, for me personally, like I don't I do. I. The remake, man, it, it, I do recognize that it's a decent movie. Seven out of ten, I gave mm. it. Uh, but I what just, did I give I, it? You gave it a seven out of ten too. But oh, I just wow. there's something about it where I, it just doesn't have that oomph that the original has for me. So definitely the original on my end. I like the original way better than the than the yeah. remake. But uh, the remake's still fun, and it does kind of grow on you over the years. <laughs> it's a fun. Love- movie. <laughs>
0: I always, I think we talked about it in the review, too. I, I always like the part where, you know, the guy and the, the girl are at the hotel room and the chick comes running out of the hotel naked. That's, the,
2: that's like, instantly the first thing I think of any time I think of that
0: movie. <laughs> me, too, man. It's just, like, one of those scenes you're like, really? <laughs> you're just going to run out of there fucking buck naked? Like, I don't know, man. It just always cracks me up, man. It's funny. Kyle, what about you?
1: I mean, I personally haven't seen those both those movies in, like, so long. But from what I remember, I mean, I thought the remake was decent, but... Or um, was good. I mean, but I, I still would say the original. Yeah. I mean, I literally pro- probably haven't seen My Bloody Valentine since I was like in high school. The original. Yeah. So I mean, it's been
0: a long time, but I remember I did like it. And you might not even have seen it uncut then.
2: Yeah, you definitely not. didn't. If you seen it when you were little.
0: A, the, the, yeah, the footage never surfaced until. Yeah, later it's, when they put it back so I have the yeah blu-ray. I mean the uncut version it's quite obvious but I like that about the blu-ray because you really get to see where um the board made them cut yeah, the and, scenes and, you and you it's know, we've just like holy fuck it people, changes man. the entire film it changes <laughs> yeah. everything man it really does with the kills you're like you know if you watch my buddy and you're like oh, okay it's kind of lackluster, you know whatever yeah it is a little bit you compared it to the uncut version you're like fuck man it amps <laughs> it up a lot man yeah. it really does you know, and there's one scene towards the end where they cut out like what a minute. There's, there's like a minute scene, man. It's fucking crazy.
2: Yeah. Well, one, one, I think that word. me and you have both said this moods in the past. We probably even talked about it on the podcast. I think that there should be an option when you get something uncut that kind of maybe filters or like something pops up that tells you what is cut. Scenes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I think that's an in, like, interesting yeah. way to, to uh, put a special feature on a disc or something exactly That that's a it's a really cool
0: idea and I hope someone actually picks it up and starts doing that yeah. it's cool
2: so uh, let's move on here voicemail number three hey guys Rob from Georgia calling
5: it's been a while but uh, in light of Angus Grin's passing which I know we're all mourning of I thought I'd give a quick call and uh, I'll just kind of you know reflect just a little bit you know he that I think was the first he was the first guy as the tall man that ever scared the crap out of me. I'll tell you guys real quick. When I was a kid, I think I was 10, must have been around 1980, uh, about a year or so, for that movie to find its way on HBO, uh, back when HBO was a new thing. And uh, I had this habit of uh, sneaking out in the middle of the living room in the middle of the night, and uh, whenever I was, uh, back in those days, wasn't really surfing, but when I would see in the HBO book when things would be on, I would sneak out there and uh, of course 1, 2 in the morning or whatever and one night I uh, went out there uh, to see uh, Phantasm and uh, little did I know as I was watching that movie probably you know somewhere towards the end getting to the end my dad woke up and uh, realized that I was out there uh, watching and he kind of uh, I guess waited his uh, waited to the right time and uh, sort of uh, came up behind me i will never forget this as long as I live came up behind me and uh, waited
3: <laughs> For that scene, because I was glued to that TV set, waited for that scene
5: right before that tall man says, boy, I swear he reached both his hands down on my shoulders and as (laughs) loud and sternly as he could into my ear just said, boy, and I probably had to pull me off the side. Scared the crap out of me. I don't know what did it for the movie or my dad. You know, the cool thing about that memory is, uh, instead of getting yelled at for being out in the living room at two in the morning watching this, he sat down and watched, uh, you know, the very end, and told me that that was one of his favorite movies. And it was just kind of a cool, cool memory. But I do believe, other than seeing Jaws in the theater early, early on, I do believe the Tall Man might have been the first guy who ever the crap out of me and I've loved that movie ever since so am mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
5: gonna miss Angus Grimm I can't wait for uh uh Bad Robot and uh the re-release of this uh Phantasm the fifth chapter the last one I uh, can't wait to see all these uh all these things come out so uh miss you Angus and uh I'm sure I hope I'm not the only guy calling but I uh, love you guys keep rolling Mitch Jeremy and uh keep rolling guys all right bye
2: we're oh we love like you about uh angus scrim by the way <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that's fucking that's a great story oh dude that yeah, I, I i
2: didn't even finish that <clears throat> voicemail when i was previewing him, and uh wow
0: you know i i honestly wish i hadn't listened well, that's to that last why it's like
2: okay he's telling a story i want a live reaction
0: yeah But yeah, that's just, that's truly an amazing story. Another great story by Rob. I know he's phoned in before and left us a a story, you know, his memories about Argento. (laughs) Talking like Argento's dead here, but just talking about (laughs) Argento memories, I should say.
2: Um, That's the next one. You just
0: fucked it up. Oh, I probably did. You know, you can't even joke about this shit anymore.
2: You know, it's it's not even
3: fucking
2: funny, Uh, dude. That that is a great story, though. Definitely, thanks for sharing that, man. I, I had similar things happen to me when I was younger, with like the sneaking out. Like, not because I wasn't allowed to watch movies, because I was allowed to watch everything, but like I wasn't allowed to be up. So, you know, I would sneak out and turn on the TV and catch, you know, Children of the Corn 2 or some random ass movie on TV. And uh, I mi- I, mi- I miss that. Kids today probably don't do stuff like that because they have a cell phone <laughs> and they could just
0: watch. Yeah, you can stuff. just sit in your bed. Exactly. I used to I used to do the same thing, get up in the middle of the night and and watch um, just HBO shows. Yeah because that's when all the good stuff was on. Well, at least it was where I lived, but you watch HBO and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> HBO. It, Cause you know, it seemed like every time you turn on HBO, there would always be tits and you were guaranteed to see some tits. And when you're like, you know, 10 years old, it's like, that's a big deal, man.
1: Oh, and, hell yeah. It was like, Damn, it man, like, like a awesome. Steven Seagal movie. And the yeah. that was the first time I ever saw a pair of tits was in a Steven Seagal movie called under siege. Yeah. I was like, like out of the cake. 10 years old. Yeah. She jumps out of the cake. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> my dad's like covering my eyes and shit. And I'm like, no,
3: <laughs>
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we have uh, one more voicemail here, guys. I'm going to play it.
3: How's it going, guys? It's Matt, the Horror Just calling me with a question. I'm just
4: wondering, if you guys had to be any type of movie monster, which one would you be, um, and why? For me, I would probably pick uh, Werewolf, uh, most likely because uh, Wolfman from 1941 is my favorite horror movie of all time. And um, I don't know, I've just always liked Werewolves, and I kind of contribute that to... um, being my favorite movie monster because of that film, most likely, but I don't know. I just think it's kind of cool. Like the whole primal um, animalistic thing is really awesome. Uh, the transformation is really cool, even though, um, according to whatever mythos you follow, it can be extremely painful. So I like, think <laughs> it just depends on which one you want to follow, how that would work. Um, the only thing for me is I would like to be um, conscious of what I'm doing. I think it would kind of suck to be, to kind of wake up essentially with a hangover the next day and you know what the hell happened kind of thing, but. um and it would also kind of suck to be dictated
3: by the full moon, but if it had to be that way, I would like it to be um, where I know what's going on. So, uh yeah, I'm just wondering what you guys, uh, which
4: one would you guys pick? Um I'm interested just see what you guys would say. Um, the thing is that you guys can go, I guess you can go basic. You can go, like, you know, this werewolf, vampire, zombie, whatever. Or if you can go specific and say, like, you know, Frankenstein's
3: monster, the wolfman, the mummy, um, creature from the Black Lagoon, stuff like that. Dracula.
4: So, yeah, guys, uh, thanks for taking the call, and the show's awesome.
2: Talk to you later. All right. Thank you for that. I personally yeah. think if you can watch The Lost Boys and not want to be a vampire, then there's something wrong with you.
0: That's funny because that's exactly what I want to be. I, I would be a vampire, too, for a couple different reasons. I mean, me personally, I'm not much of a, a daytime person anyway. Right? So if I got converted into a vampire, it's just like, okay, right on. I get to stay up all night. Just doing
2: my regular um, thing here. So-
0: so yeah it totally works for me but you know being a vampire you know it, you get to keep your age and you know you're not all grotesque and stuff you can still kind of function as a person um yeah i think vampire man and i really don't
2: see a problem with drinking blood nah dude i'm down i mean plus you get yeah. to, it's you you get to be a super sexual being like every vampire
3: exactly <laughs> super all kind of, sexual super the, sexual there's all kind of psych- hot vampire sexual.
2: chicks who are like totally down yeah. to just have sex sex and suck blood all, all day I mean, the vampires, you just party, man. You just yeah, sleep party all, all day, them. party all night, never grow old, never yeah, die. It's fun to be a vampire. The, the tagline the, the of the kiss song
0: Sports. was about vampires. <laughs> the kiss song was actually about vampires. Yeah. So they were, they were smart, man. But yeah, no, vampires, man. You know, like, I don't, werewolf, exact. I wouldn't want to wake up every day feeling like, oh, I got fucking hungover, fucking, yeah, because that transformation takes a lot out of you, man. It's like you're drinking a fucking 40 of JD. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> every day. Jesus, no, thank you. But uh, Kyle? No, what, vamp- what about like? you, Kyle?
1: Dude, I would probably be I don't know, really know what this monster is called. I mean, obviously there's vampires, but uh, I'd I'd probably be Godzilla, dude, or whatever the fuck <laughs> that monster is called. Because like he can just like chill in the water like, dude, the motherfuckers like swimming all the time. And then you can come out and just kill a bunch of people for no reason. And nobody gives a shit. And then they start shooting at him, And then I'll just go back in the water and start swimming around again. And say, fuck it. <laughs> so, Godzilla
0: yeah. is Godzilla, Godzilla. like a huge dinosaur, almost lizard type lizard
1: type yeah i guess he's a lizard i guess i don't really know what they consider him monster wise but yeah i'd definitely be like a godzilla type monster because and then you come out of the water and you can like kill people and wreck towns and shit and then another like moth mothman or mothra, moth or whatever the fuck that thing was called he'll <laughs> come out and start fighting your ass and shit dude
2: yeah
3: i'd
1: be so be a godzilla dude that should be awesome so many that upsides. sounds like the a terrible being life God.
2: <laughs>
0: being godzilla would be awesome because you get a step on shit Hell, so awesome. yeah, you can do dude.
2: all of step this on- right now. Just go kill people and step on shit. <laughs> yeah, but but you're not huge. You know, yeah, like you I'd be like never gigantic. gain that
0: size.
1: I have a fucking huge so face around.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, that that's the only reason. Uh, yeah. Exactly. You know, have you ever seen Godzilla's dick? It's fucking huge. Of course it might be Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla. God, God
1: Author? I think dude. lizards
2: right. have their penises inside their bodies. Oh, dude, it's an invert shit, man. Kyle, you Blech. fucked up.
1: They, yeah, I guess I'd have a vagina, not a dick, right? <laughs> <For> instance, <laughs> kind of like a, real life, well, huh?
2: Then,
0: then Nothing's uh, changing, nothing then, right? <laughs> <Fucking soul laughs> shit.
2: Uh, uh, all right, so that is the voicemails.
0: Yeah, thank you, everybody, for calling in. That's awesome. We really enjoy those. And those are good questions. Yeah, so I agree. Thank you once again, guys. Uh, moving along in mood swings here, and we're getting into the Morbid Fact, the Corners Report of Weird Stats and Morbid Facts, courtesy of Rue Morgue Magazine. Uh, this weird stat is coming from the brand new issue, 163, the January-February 2016 issue with The Witch on the cover. Yes, so looking forward to The Witch, like we talked about in the 2015 year-end show. Ugh! I don't know how to fucking talk. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I don't have a clue. Uh, This one just made me gag. So you know me with my gag, and I always have to repeat. Uh, Sarah Schrock, fifty-six of Maryland, uh, allegedly shaved the skin off her feet and put it into her roommate's milk. Stop! I can't can't even. Why would you do that? I know. Well, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, she, was, she was charged with felony poisoning and assault after her roommate coughed up the skin while having a drink. <laughs> oh my
2: <laughs> god! It has to uh, be the most... Was her name thing. Elsa by chance? I
0: know, uh. right? That Dude, okay, first of all, my only question is that, you're 56, why do you have a roommate? <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> I'm not even concerned about you're shaving your skin off and putting it in uh, the milk. Why are you 56 and have a roommate? It's no, sketchy. but seriously, everybody out there that, you know, that knows me knows how much I hate fucking feet. I hate feet with a passion. Shaving skin off and putting into a milk. Ugh. Are you kidding me? What is she like? What? Like, I mean, it's not technically poisoning unless her feet were like dipped in fucking acid or so. I don't know.
1: That's what the fuck was she doing that for? Like, what was the purpose what, of that?
0: That's what I'm saying. Cause it's, you, you're technically maybe just to gross out someone or yeah, that worked. Everyone that listens is probably gagging, but what are you trying to do to your roommate? like you're not yeah. going to technically kill her it's just skin i mean
1: oh, she sounds like she probably has a mental problem i'm sure that's what i
0: was thinking about. <laughs> but i mean that's probably why she has a roommate jesus. yeah that that's, too her roommate was you know on the third floor um
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus
0: but yeah that is gonna that is gonna conclude um mood swings yeah all right Hell you. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that gaggable note, I'm still I'm still grossed out by that. Um, moving on to the featured reviews for episode 69, the sleazy show, <laughs> the sleazy episode. Yes, yeah, the sleazy sleazy show. Um, and of course, we are doing the Ilsa trilogy, and we did say which ones we're doing off the top of the show. So, getting into the uh, the first one, um, what is it, Ilsa? She-Wolf of the SS from 1975.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, I, first of all, before we get into this, guys, I want to ask you guys a question. If you were just some d- dude or some chick who met me and I brought you over to my crib and I had like a giant Elsa poster, would you would all think that I was fucked up or something was wrong with me if you didn't know what Elsa was?
0: Well, I mean, the first thing you would notice is a swastika on your wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a little weird. Yeah,
2: but you also but notice you know, the big tits.
0: I should hope that you would notice the tits first because they yeah. are very, very beautiful.
1: That freaking poster
2: is badass. I know I that's so why I want them. it, but I'm scared to have it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. If a girl can't, if a girl can't handle the type of movies I like, then I don't want to be associated with her. So we established
2: so. that Kyle likes Elsa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, just just yeah. wanted to get that out of the <laughs> way.
0: Ilsa, the She-Wolf of the SS, starring the magnificently beautiful Diane Thorne, who is
2: actually American, which I didn't know until after I watched all three of these films.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's totally American. She like talks with
2: an accent in the movies, probably badly. Does
0: her German? Does her German accent? Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably not the worst one. Yes, she's American.
2: Greenwich, Connecticut, nineteen forty-three. Wonder how she's doing. Anybody (laughs) see her recently?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think she was. I believe that she was at Wasteland a couple years ago i uh, seen a bunch of people meet her and get pictures with her. And apparently she's still pretty good looking.
2: Yeah, <laughs> she, she does, she's
1: like 80 and she still looks pretty decent.
0: I know. It's so crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, get into the synopsis of Ilsa, the she-wolf of the SS. Uh, I'll just read the uh, quick description here. Ilsa is an evil Nazi warden at a death camp that conducts medical ex- experiments. Ilsa's goal is to prove that women can withstand more pain and suffering than men and therefore, should be allowed to fight on the front
2: lines. Yeah. So uh, definitely Nazi what death, death doing, camp man? experimentation, all the Nazi exploitation the... and sex exploitation cliches that you expect.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's what it is—an exploitation Nazi exploitation film. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, this one just—you know, this this movie to me is like the finest explanation for torture porn. Yeah, it is. You know, if you could ever use the word, you know, seriously, this is literally torture porn. It pretty much is. (laughs) There's so much. I mean, that's literally what they're doing in the entire film is just torturing women. But they're naked all the time.
3: Yeah,
1: they're always. in Yeah, and all the movies are all naked all the time. It's kind of crazy. Like, my my friend was watching this with me uh, when we were, you know, when I was going over these movies. uh, And he was like, damn, dude, he's like, this is like heaven. (laughs) This is like nothing but women walking around with no tops on the entire fucking movie. It's like. I was like, yeah, man, it's just I've never seen anything like this shit before. The
0: thing I like about watching this Ilsa film, man, it's like like I said, it's like the true meaning of like torture porn. You know, it really mm-hmm. is. But it has all the elements of exploitation is awesome. It has like great cheesy music. Um you know, the setting of the film is just it just feels fucking dirty. Yeah. You know, and it was actually this movie was filmed on the the old set of Hogan's heroes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess the
0: show it the show had uh, stopped. They stopped producing the show, and you know they're they actually were going to tear down Hogan's Hero, the whole sets. Anyways, they'd um, I guess pitched the idea they wanted to film here, and they they kind of looked at the script and it called for an explosion, and you know, and they're like, "Hey, go ahead, you guys can film here because you guys are going to explode the or wreck the whole set, anyways, so we don't have to pay for it." Yeah, <laughs> so they That's allowed them freaking to shoot awesome. <laughs> so they just they got the set. So. I love the setting. Uh, the look is great in the film. It has that perfect, you know, exploitation type look. Uh, you know, tons of tits and muff and just sex and just awesome yeah. brutal torture. It's got nasty gore. It's got this absurd storyline. You know, the absurd ending to the film. Uh, editing is bad. Bad acting. It's got all the true, you know, components of an exploitation film, in
2: my opinion. So, yeah. yeah and honestly, w- when I was watching the first Elsa film. You expect it to be just smut, which it is at the end of the day. It is just smut. Yeah. But yeah. whenever you look at like these type of films, like I know you've seen a bunch of these prison camp, these Nazi camp films. I've seen a couple oh, of I, them in my exploitation box so sets. So many. This is them. actually not like a bad, like in terms, in terms of if you compare them to all the other ones, like this is actually really well done if, you you know, compared to some of the ones that I've seen.
0: I know, you know, even with, you know, saying all that, you know, the bad acting. I mean, it's not like the worst acting in the world. It's just it's kind of like offbeat like you know, offbeat B film type acting and things like that. But no, I, I get what you're saying. This, it, honestly, this is one of the better exploitation. You know, it's, well, let's put it this way. It, Nazi exploitation films out there there's a ton of these type of films in my opinion this is actually one of the best if not the best Nazi exploitation I've seen some really really bad ones
3: I've seen some bad ones I've seen
0: like I've reviewed ones that I've given like two out of two like they're just they're to the point absurd but it's just production values and stuff this one actually you know like at least they they went out of their way to find a real set and like you know it looks decent in the
2: shop
0: I mean dude yeah yeah. the costumes and they even had so enough to you know hire a a fucking beautiful American and have her put on a you know a German accent that was good yeah you know it's good. You know I've seen some of these Nazi exploitation films where they're supposed to be Nazis and they're talking like Americans. Yeah. I'm like, you guys couldn't even put in the yeah. effort. Hey guys, you might want to put on a German accent. No, no, we can't do that. That's yeah. just too much for the film. But this one actually went out of the way to have decent costumes, and that's one thing I did notice about this film. They look legit, man. Yeah. Yeah. The costumes are legit. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Pretty much a lot of things, just about everything about this movie like was pretty legit. I mean, they they de- you know, the costumes were pretty detailed and you know you got Diane Thor- uh, Thornton on there and she, the way she's like talking and things like that you know with that kind of like german accent uh i mean it's, it's like all down at the end of the day it's a pretty i don't know it's pretty solid for what what they were yeah. trying to do it was obviously like you said an exploitation film and it's pretty solid you know it hits that, it hits pretty hard like i was i remember watching it and i was like wow this is like the amount of torture and like gore and blood in this movie was like ridiculous i was like damn oh well, i
0: know it's it's, and it's it, an evil movie and, for sure <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because this was literally based on. I mean, they even had the warning at the beginning of the film. You know, this film was based on you know those real Nazi experiments that they really did. Mm-hmm. You know, to the Jews and things oh, yeah. like that. So, I mean, the idea of this film is actually you know true and stuff. Obviously, the characters and things have been changed and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's a hard film to watch because you know just thinking on it, like this shit really happened. Maybe not this type of stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, the, there was bud.
2: definitely no woman who was like leading the whole entire no. thing and just having no. Sex there was definitely no the women
0: the that were leading inmates third or whatever.
2: Right
3: yeah
0: <laughs> they're definitely yeah these it was basically just a big sex house yeah <laughs> a lot of sex and you know naked fucking employees yeah it, it's not <laughs> happening but uh um no I, I just i really i enjoy this movie a lot like i love the opening scene diane thorpe fucking you know followed by that amazing shower scene <laughs> oh, <yeah.
3: laughs> things right. like that
0: i just love how sleazy this. it just gets to the point right away yeah. like there's no fucking around in this film at all you know it's great it's great exploitation and you know
3: What's
1: up with her tits, man? They're like insane. Like they're insanely like just big. They're, they're I was not only like, really big. she took off her shirt the first time, but they're time. not all Dude, they're saggy pretty freaking either. Big.
2: You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're like
1: they're like perky. She yeah, looked like, like, like a those, boob
2: job before there was boob jobs.
1: Yeah.
0: I know I I, mean, I, can't, I I've always wanted to know like was there boob jaws back in in the, I'm dude, sure there that was.
1: That had to be a, that has, has to be it's a boob job. It's not. Those I are natural.
0: You can look it
2: up. Yeah,
3: yeah that, I think
0: I think that she amazing. just has like an amazing set of tits. I think that's just what it is. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um but well, yeah, perfect casting though, right? You know, you want that sexy sleazy warden, you know, the leader of the Reich and uh, I I think it was just great oh, casting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Awesome
2: and she she has yeah. like a commanding cuz she's not like a young super young girl either she's like kind of like i don't know how old she was in- no.
0: she was about in her mid-30s i okay, think so she was like milfie yeah. and uh yeah, she
2: yeah. was very commanding and you know it, it you kind of buy that she could be in control of all this even though you know in fact that it wouldn't happen like that but in, in mm-hmm. the realm of the movie it's kind of plausible at least feels natural
0: yeah you know one thing i like about this film is just it's just how brutal and nasty it really is. Like they really do test your patience in this film with the tortures because oh, yeah. they they switch it up like constantly. I mean, one scene they're ripping out nails to, mm. you know, just burning oh. women in hot water, and they they really do oh. try a ton of different torture scenes. And they oh the
2: hot water they make one you feel is brutal, man. I I got a oh. flashback to like Halloween <laughs> too. Yeah, man. it's like turn it up five degrees, and it's like oh
0: fuck, yeah that'd be <laughs> that'd be painful shit. But then the toenails and like oh. Dude, Dude,
3: like the, the fucking castration, the, the Dude, castration, I'll tell you what,
0: the, electric what dildo, the electric dildo, the electric
1: dildo. This reminded me of if like minus the Nazi like aspect to the movie, which is obviously the whole you know purpose of the movie, minus that, like the torture scenes, like it reminds me a lot of hostile, like the way that they, you know, go in and torture like each of these people. And it like hostile, like the new age, you know, new age horror movie like that. It tested your patience
0: just as much as this did back yeah, in the without, 70s without the cost, you know, exactly. Host- yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that if you take this film, which was shot in nine days, which is is truly incredible to think that, uh, you know something something that you guys mentioned was the the quality of uniform and the set pieces and stuff like that. If if you can do all of that, get that all in line in nine days, and also, I mean, you don't even have time for that many takes if you're shooting it all in nine days, right? But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that also kind of hurts the film because if you had time to care, if you had time, if you traded this a little bit more than just a sex exploitation, Nazi exploitation, uh, cash in, exploitive film, and if you took yeah. time with it, it would be one of the greatest like films but, you ever. Know, you, you, still ha- you still
0: have to give him credit for putting in, you know, kind of these sub stories, you know, sub texts and lines and, you know, stories and stuff in the film. Um, you know, I mean, the, the main focus of the film is the torture and, and what they're trying to accomplish with these people. They're trying to create like an ultimate soldier is what they were ultimately doing. Um, but then on, you know, kind of the, the sub story in the film, you're dealing with, you know, um, Ilsa's, you know, her own sexual problems and desires and things like that and, and how she kind of you know, it technically succumbs to her own fantasies and things like that herself. Right. Yeah. So they kind of, they even threw that in there, which they didn't really have to, it could have just been straight up, like, you know, scene by scene, you know, uh, them torturing and doing this type of thing. And then, you know, then you got your end, but they actually managed to throw that in there. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. It's it just got, you know, at least one layer to the film, you know? Yeah. Which is more than I can say about a lot of these type of Nazi exploitation films. They're very kind of one tracked, one minded. You know, there's not really a whole lot going on in them. So there's not a whole
1: lot to it whatsoever.
0: But this one, you know, at least tried. You know, with the nine day pro- nine days production, at least they tried that. You know, but I guess it makes sense because if you're, you then ultimately you'd be watching like a ninety five minute torture scene. <laughs> yeah, without those other scenes in there, yeah. so I guess they kind of had to do something. But one of my favorite lines in this film, man, I, I seriously should have recorded this line <laughs> because I, I, I fucking every time I watch this movie, which <laughs> I think I've watched this movie way too many times. But um, it, it's a scene where uh, the general, uh, one of the Nazi generals, comes to the you know to the um, uh, what do you want to their compound, and she's given the tour. She's basically showing him what they do there and what they're trying to accomplish and stuff and the buddy says to her he goes uh, he's like you don't use anesthetic right and then she looks at him and she goes and she goes why give caviar to guinea pigs yeah. oh yeah <laughs> Oh, That's That's like the best line. It just sums up her grittiness and just nasty, filthy, fucking. God. Just like just doesn't give a shit about anything. I just love that. That line. sounds like it's a so,
1: Bruce Campbell line from fucking oh. Ash versus Evil
0: Dead. <laughs> it's one of the greatest things ever. It's just so awesome, man.
1: That's hilarious. It's so good. Ugh. Yeah, I, um, I mean,
2: it, some some of the scenes are very effective and do make you feel like crappy, like. Isn't the the first one was where they infected the girl with syphilis, right? Oh, dude, that's oh. nasty. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And th- and that's really what they were they you did, know do that. because
0: yeah. They, yeah, they actually did. And like they ultimately, you know, that's what they were really trying to do. Actually, was you know create not only the perfect soldier with you know the, withstand pain and things like that, but they actually wanted to create something where they could just send the soldier into enemy lines and then everyone would get infected, mm-hmm. you know, and just and just die off. And there's actually a part like you know. Where the the general even says he's like, man, you created a time bomb, you know, this infection or whatever, and uh you know you could use this, you could take out a whole army with that, is what he says. And it's just like you kind of you when you hear that line, you're like, damn, dude, that's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's just so true to with what they're doing. It's just how it's just proving how evil they really are. Y- you know, <laughs> you know, they were just willing to use humans and experiment and then just go take out more human. Like they just didn't give a fuck, man. They're crazy. Hell, huh? It's just – it's nasty. There's some effective lines and moments in the film that you're just like, yeah. I mean beyond all the silliness and things that are going on, there's just so much muff and tits. It's just ridiculous, yeah. man.
1: <laughs> there's a ton of muff and tits in all three of these movies. Like it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. And it's so crazy. Like we were watching these movies. Like I said, I was watching a couple of them with some of my buddies and we were just like looking at each other like, can you believe that they were that hairy back then? It's like holy <laughs>
0: shit. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> the sister in the third one, man. Oh, my god. Her muff. Like the it's, wife was, wife oh, came yeah. down yesterday when I was watching. She's like, I'm like, I'm like, Aaron, check out her muff. She's like, holy crap, like, It was like sticking Dude, out. It, it, it looked, looked like fake. a fake. <laughs> it actually looked fake on her. I was like, holy yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. But
2: um, yeah. so, some of the <laughs> other like when I say like this film is like just purely evil, and it's obviously sh- to, it's an anti like Nazi type movie where it's like, look how fucking stupid these fools were, and you know they yeah. even the male Nazi members they really kind of. uh make look really bad um but you know the the block of ice scene where it's just all casual where they have this chick with the noose around her neck and she's standing on a block of ice you know yeah, with, yeah. as the ice melts, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. she's gonna hang slowly um that's you know exciting. that's just so evil to do you know what i mean
0: you know what's so crazy about this film man like this was actually a canadian production isn't that fucking weird
2: that is weird yeah like, actually it, it just, the second I one is too and so the strange. fourth it's one. Just, the third one is the only one that isn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like,
0: okay. But I you know, I, I like how they, they really are trying to make look, the Nazis look like idiots and stuff like that. Like, you know, totally Canadian American type takes on I, I like that though. I really like what they did. Yeah. I mean it really shows in the third in like in the third act, like, you know, like all these films have in common, they have a revolt. You know, like I said, it's like the revolt trilogy, man. (laughs) The third one being probably the most bizarre, because in in this very Jess frankly, but we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, I
2: noticed that um, this one, uh, towards like the final act of the film, which honestly, all three of these, I feel like don't have like the strongest sort of end pieces to them. Like I don't know, they they just kind of, I guess it's debatable with some the third one, but.
0: I, I don't mind this one it's just it's just so extreme and the, the problem I have with this movie and the ending isn't like how awesome like the one scene is but it's who does that scene it's just not it's not satisfying to me because you know I don't want to ruin anything but you know I just think that it should have been someone else that you know did the did the well, killing. We, this
2: is a <laughs> technically a franchise show are we spoiling
0: I mean, I think most people have seen this. Okay, it's okay, movie that's forty years old.
2: Okay, so what, what, what? Well, what that else, doesn't what matter. It doesn't say. matter how old the film is because let's nobody's seen every film. Well, the, I hate when the people interesting use that thing excuse.
0: is these, these films have nothing like these. It's a trilogy, but they have nothing in common except yeah. For but a sometimes
2: other films don't either, and we just it's an excuse to yeah. let us live a little. Okay, the okay, fine. Shows.
0: Okay, that's that's what we'll do here. So basically, in the the revolt scene when Ilsa gets killed in the end of the film. I've always found it to be super uh, unsatisfying because of who kills her. You know, I think, yeah, its I think yeah. it should have been part of the, it should have been someone from the revolt. Like it should have been, you know, possibly, you know, maybe the American or the other guy that, what's his name, Carlos or whatever? You know, someone from the Revolt. Someone that was dealing with it all It should
1: have been stuff. the American, I thought.
0: It yeah. should have been someone that was dealing with it. Or one of the women or somebody that was dealing with this bullshit that they were going through, but not the other right that was cleaning up the fucking mess. It's like, okay, well this shit's gone to shit. Fuck this place. We're gonna go clean up the mess. And this general or whoever takes out ilsa and i'm like and i love that scene though it's just so ridiculous like her fucking head just just explodes (laughs) but don't you find it's kind of odd that they went with that way and had him do that i mean i could see the right showing up the fourth right showing up and taking out the third or whatever but i I didn't really understand why it wasn't the revolt that killed ilsa it would have made a lot more sense it would have been at least a little bit satisfying considering this is supposed to be fuck the nazis yeah you know you don't want nazis killing other nazis it's not satisfying man it's like we understand they used to do that all the time you get out of line boom you're dead (laughs) so yeah it didn't fucking matter we knew that but the revolt this is what it's supposed to be man it's building up to this
2: and it's just kind of a letdown
0: and it's always gonna bug me Uh,
2: so let me ask you this what was the stuff that they was infecting the one girl with the not the syphilis girl but the other girl
1: um i remember what that was it was uh what I'm was
0: not, it i'm not actually 100 percent sure i can't remember
1: it, they said i, I just
2: can't yeah, remember it, started it, was, with like it T was something like yeah but i don't know like that i feel that's what i'm talking about like when film feels rushed is like the, there's certain things where i feel like if they had more time they would have been able to really kind of let this stuff be more impactful because it, it would be Um, it would be more like exposition and development and stuff like that to where like you could have took a film that is like notorious and is like a classic in the world of exploitation and it could have actually escalated the film into or elevated the film into sort of a regular classic just by um you know being a little bit touched up a little bit more you know
3: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah i agree um I actually forgot to mention one of my favorite scenes in the film that it's just, it it fucking, it it totally legitimizes the, you know, the Nazi aspect or the German aspect of the film is when also pisses on the general. Yeah, and
2: that's kind of what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: It's uh, just so amazing that they actually threw that into the film. That was a
2: weird fucking scene, by the way. I didn't like it. It is a strange (laughs) scene. No, yeah, it, it's it is, so yeah.
0: strange. It's like, OK, is she punishing or is he liking the business? Yeah, he.
2: Li- <laughs> I
1: think he was liking it because he was laying there like like pretty much like having an orgasm as she was doing it. Yeah. yeah I know.
2: And, um, <laughs> basically, at the end of the day, you're like Nazis were sick fucks.
0: Yeah, man, they really were. And, I mean, it does. It sums it up very well in the film. Yeah. It's just kind of unsatisfied me that you know the revolts are they should have they should have got the revenge in it, man. They really should have. Yeah.
2: Well, the dude. How about this? There's, when we're introduced to the dude, is like back in back in high school when I hit, or middle school when I hit puberty, I learned something very interesting about myself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, I just, that's Simon awesome. I, you
0: know, there's there's so many scenes in this film I just love, man. Like when they're torturing, you know, like, look like look in the background, like how, like. Filthy and bloody, everything is, man. It's just like they're they're going to town in the set because they they knew they didn't have to, like, they didn't have to clean the setup, man. They were blowing up the shit anyway, so they just went all out. Like, there's blood everywhere. I just love that. It's just fucking
1: nasty. I just came into the room, just threw fake blood everywhere. It was fucking.
0: It's exactly what they did. Buckets of blood. <laughs>
1: Dude, this is funny. I, I like pulled up something on a message board here about that urinating scene. And this this person asked a question. This question's hilarious. It says, "Hi, can somebody please explain the scene where Ilsa urinates on the higher ranked officer for me? I can't get it. He thinks Ilsa is a blonde goddess, then ask her to urinate." Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody understands. They're like, "What the fuck?" Well, like, it's obviously because
2: it's to show that that like because he's a male and the woman is dominating them that nazis were kind of pussies <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what they're saying at yeah. the end of the day
0: a little bit and and the, and the simple fact that the germans kind of you know that's what they did they, used, they like peed on themselves man you see all that german piss porn <laughs> they just i think they like to do that man think it's, just, it's just like part of their culture so i don't know yeah. <laughs> was, uh, was but it, it is odd that a... it's always associated with germans like oh, what, what,
2: God, what, God, what those was those the reaction that ilsa was having like was she like Ashamed or like she felt like terrible that that guy was like such a bitch. You know, like, like what was that, it? I don't. I don't know, man. You know,
0: I, it's an odd scene. It really is odd. Like I never really. She been... looked
1: disgusted by him. Like that's in a what
0: way. it was. Like, like she, just... she
2: was like disgusted by the fact that like the the Maybe man she, he uh, asked yeah. to get
0: pissed
1: on yeah, us. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It was kind of a weird how know.
2: that played out. But uh, yeah, it's kind of you weird. Know. It's... <laughs>
1: Jesus. Yeah, I, that's a really odd scene. I don't, I don't know what to say about that. Did do you know if uh, Ilsa was on the video nasties list? I can't remember. Yeah,
2: I think it was,
0: wasn't it? No. <laughs> uh, no, no. For some reason, there's probably yeah these the, these movies totally bypassed on there somehow. Um, I can't remember if Ilsa was on the section three list. I'd have to relook at the list because there's a ton of films that were you know not prosecuted or banned or whatever, but they were considered almost nasty yeah. that's a section three list or whatever but uh yeah there's a ton i can't remember if this is on there if it's not i couldn't find anything i mean but it. there is quite a few films that didn't make any of those lists and i'm actually quite surprised but then again it was the stupid cops just you know confiscating things based on names and stuff so
1: yeah um, yeah that's true i mean look at the poster
0: though <laughs> but yeah exactly exactly who knows why this didn't make it
2: well it, it, it might have made one of the the third list or whatever we don't really know I, I can't quite remember um, but one thing that i noticed was during the big like outbreak like and i've always kind of been fascinated with, with world war ii and uh, i noticed that the weapon that the uh, germans have is actually a browning machine gun which is the american machine gun the mg
0: oh, yeah. is
2: the uh german machine gun and it's known as hitler's buzz buzzsaw so uh yeah so they they uh, didn't have that right. <laughs> watch that. Watch that a little bit. Eh? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, these films are just screaming for a Blu-ray box set, by the way. I know, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to watch my torture and boobs and uh, vagina and HD. Damn it.
0: You know, with all that said, man, this movie is it's just fun, man. Like, it's just it's insane to watch, you know, because it's done in 75 and in I think the I think the effects and stuff were pretty good. Um you know the music just it gets in my fucking head too, man. There's something about the music in this film, it totally gets stuck in my head. I don't know what it is, but
1: That's that's something I actually wrote down when I watched the movie. I was like the soundtrack is pretty awesome for this. Like it like fits perfectly with the movie. It does,
0: yeah. right? It totally does. Um I don't know, there's just a lot of elements of that I think they did right in this one. I mean It's
2: definitely as cult as you can get.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And like I said before, I think it's one of the best uh Nazi exploitation films out there let's best made yeah, I
2: definitely think it's the most notable best made all those other things that you can say about it I would <clears throat> agree with
0: it it is quite surprising you know like the third act in this film like how action it gets yeah. like you know considering the budget and they did it so quick, like they they put in a, a little bit of work I bet you that was probably half the days of shooting was just that third act yeah Or not even the full third act, but just that whole scene, you know, kind of thing. But I I think it looked pretty good when they blew up the building and
2: eh, it's cool,
0: man. It's fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie. Yeah. So ratings.
2: Okay, I'll go first on this one. Uh, I've rated this film before and although I think I might have enjoyed it or liked it a little bit better, I think I'm going to I'm going to chill with my same rating. And that is a seven out of ten.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm just—I'm pretty much the exact same. I give this one a seven and a half. I just, you know, I think that's what it pretty much is for me. You know, seven and a half out of ten. And you know, that's saying a lot of like how bad yeah. some of these Nazi exploitation films really are. I'm like, this is the best one. Oh yeah,
2: because most of those <laughs> yeah. films—I mean, the one so, that you talked about, the one that I've talked about—like they oh, are just god awful. Not only that is most of those transfers are like fucking terrible.
1: Man. Terrible, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. What have you, Kyle? Wow.
1: Yeah, I actually it's it's kind of funny that you said 7 out. That's exactly what I rated was a 7 out of 10. Um I mean for me like I don't this 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 movie appears on a lot of um and I watch a lot of like considered disturbing or like kind of weird movies. It appears on a lot of uh, a lot on you know a lot on those lists um you know for being disturbing for a lot of the torture scenes and it's very I mean the movie itself is very controversial uh in the fact that it's a Nazi exploitation film. I mean I thought it was a blast. I had a <laughs> I just had a fun time watching. I mean, I thought it was funny and the fact that the the you know the actual torture scenes were pretty legit. I mean, for the time period that, you know, the movie was made in. Um, and you know, I I liked it. I liked the movie. I think it would be cool, I maybe mean, it'd be nice to revisit the movie sometime as yeah, well. Especially if you it know, gets another a one of those big
2: release, like a Blu-ray or something. I could see a company like Cult Epics totally scooping these up if they can. That would be awesome.
1: Dude, yeah. it would be a great it would be a great set I think for any company to release, you know, all four of them honestly. So, uh, but yeah, I give it a 7 out of 10. It was it was pretty it was pretty legit and um I definitely revisit it at some point.
2: Cool. 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 So let's All move right. on to the mm. second film. Second
0: film, Ilsa, Harmon Keeper of the Oil Sheiks from nineteen seventy six. And of course this time she is in What is a harem, uh, by the way? It's a place of sexual activity. It's like a it's like a whorehouse. Okay, house. cool. Yeah. I like
2: those. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: <laughs> So that so that big oil tycoon, you know the oil chic, you know that's what he's just kind of fronting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a a nice little illegal thing going on there, but um, yeah, um, this one right here, of course, is takes place in the Middle East. It's not uh, supposed to be taking place in Germany, so it's I like I like the switching it up, the little <clears throat>
2: setting change and stuff.
0: Oh yeah, I do too actually. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like all of them are different. It's pretty cool. Um, but the storyline, finding a new employer and looking at not a day older since the end of World War II, Ilsa works for an Arab sheik who enjoys importing females to use as sex slaves. An American millionaire's daughter, a movie star, and an attractive uh, equestrian are among his latest victims. Yeah, there's, you know, that's the short and long of the main story. There is
2: Yeah, this one I felt like had a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit more story than the first one. It did.
0: This one just feel. This one just feels a lot bigger. Yeah, it you know, did. The film. It just feels big. I mean, there's scenes in planes, and there's this whole kind of uh, story of infiltrating this. You know, figuring out what the hell's going on here. Like they're almost like it's almost like FBI work, detective work, in a way.
1: This movie was funnier than <laughs> this movie was just kind of funny to me. I don't know. Like I, I found myself like laughing so much during this fucking movie. I just like I thought it was like awesome in the fact that it could make me laugh, and it's a fucking Ilsa movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It had a lot of funny elements to the movie, like a lot, way more than the the first movie did. There wasn't as much gore or blood throughout the movie, but it was like pretty funny, I thought. Yeah,
2: I, I agree yeah. that the, the director wanted to tame this one down a little bit so that he can get an R rating, which I believe was gotten. And I will also say that he directed the first film as well.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah the, the, this one right off the start just feels so much bigger and just you know same type of look though you know exactly the same look as the first yep. film. But it just feels a lot bigger instantly and yeah and then and that's definitely the first thing you notice about this film when you're watching it is it's very very dumbed down with the with the torture which, which makes sense mm-hmm. because this one does have a different type storyline they're not actually you know torturing their slaves and stuff to a certain degree yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, so of course you're not going to have that extreme element in this one, but uh, this one, of course, just sleazy as yeah. shit because you know it's it's sexly, it's sex, you know, yeah, you know, it's just about fucking. Um,
2: <laughs> so. Notable in the cast was I don't know how to say her name, but Ushi Digrad Digard. she's like kind of famously sex exploitation actress. Uh, she's Swedish, I think, and uh, she played one of the prisoners. Uh, with very yeah. big breasts and kind of rivaled Elsa a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. That, oh, her tits are so nice, man. Yeah. Oh, I, should, yeah, I, I don't really know how to say her name.
2: Do you know how to say her name? She did she, something, um, weird, at least some of her stuff.
0: You know me with names, man. Yusha Diegard. I don't know. That's actually I don't know who you're talking
2: about, good. Man. That sounds about right, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I do agree with Kyle, man. This one does have a lot of funny moments in it, man. It almost feels like it was kind of meant to be like that though
3: yeah like, it, it felt
1: of, like a lot more,
0: like that <laughs> more of a comedy like it was done purposely to have these funny moments and stuff like there was
1: like the one scene where the uh the american was in the bedroom and then they send that that little or the, i guess he was a kid in there to have yeah, sex that with him, was i don't weird. know why, I,
2: but, that was uncomfortable
1: his, fucking me, face. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> his face was hilarious he's like what the fuck uh <laughs> And then the kid's like, no, let me stay in here. They'll kill me. And he's like, uh, OK.
0: Well, he was, <laughs> yeah, the kid was what? The next ruler, right? He was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what they do in the middle. I guess it's OK.
2: Yeah. I guess. <laughs> so. I, don't know. I thought that this one went by way faster than the other two because I, I believe they all have the same running time. This one just <laughs> flew by for me. Relatively. Relatively.
1: What's yeah. funny that you said that the other day, whenever we were actually talking about this movie. And I remember I started this movie, and you know, I started it, and me and my buddy watched it, and we, had, we were drinking some beers and stuff watching it. And I was like, dude, the movie had I like paused it so I can go take a piss. It only had like ten minutes left. I was like, damn, dude, that movie was like, like wasn't like, felt like it just flew that, by. That's, like, that's
2: exactly how I felt, well, dude. Like I looked at the time, and I was like, holy shit, it's almost over.
0: I feel like this one flies by because there's just a lot more going on in it. It's yeah. not just focusing yeah. on torture scene after torture scene and things yeah. like that you know there's there's scenes where they're auctioning off the women inside the 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 harem you know and things like that and then there's obviously these sex scenes and other things that are going on and, and you know the you know them trying to infiltrate this this place there's just a lot there's a lot more things going on in this film that you're focusing on. It's actually quite crazy that they did that
2: yeah uh, what <laughs> yeah. what a, dude did, one of the like, like there's so yeah, th- there's a scene in the film where they're like getting some of the girls with flaws ready to kind of auction off, right? And yeah, the one girl had like these fucking things under 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 boob. Like, what was that all about? Do you know what that was? No was idea, was it like an ST? No idea, I feel fi- fil- like a fucking. Like she, yeah. Oh, she, you talking
0: about like that. She that was infected. Like, they almost looked infected. like they almost looked like breast yeah, implant yeah, yeah. scars. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. that was? <laughs> she was. She had some type of disease or whatever. And they're like, know, we're just
2: gonna, you know, cover that up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they know say, what that say was it'll was be active. too <laughs> late like once he notices that. or something like that. And I was like, that is. Messed up. They,
1: they like it was funny as fuck because, like, that that was like one of the things that, like, we were laughing about is like, they're like, oh, we'll just take care of that. It's like they take take some white caulk or like paint and they just paint over
0: it. I know, right? But like, you could so tell <laughs> that, that that shit's that, still there. Like, what that, the fuck? That's totally like adding to the com, uh, the comedic elements. And that's what he did. That's what the director purposely did, man. You know, you know, took all that blood and gore, just put in the, the comedy elements to dumb it down. And I think it worked perfectly, actually. There's a it lot, of, there's a lot of funny moments in this film. Like, right off the start where, <laughs> Where Elsa's, you know, she's uh, she's basically taking inventory of the girls' stuff or whatever. She's got like this clipboard, and they're in like the warehouse, and like the tricked-out boxes that they're sending these women in. I started laughing so hard. It's just it, it's so funny. They're all like nicely padded inside, and they, yeah, it's you know, all the
1: it <laughs> but it's
0: adding to the joke, right? They're just totally exploiting the shit out of. Them. They're like taking pride in what they're doing. You know, she they're was, not like, just coming up. chained up and like they're not kidnapping them all shitty and stuff, but they're they're putting them in these nice comfort zones. Yeah.
2: And what about that <laughs> yeah, one like that they got words. all like fat? That was weird. <laughs>
1: yeah that was weird
3: wasn't it it, so it was so like nice.
2: one scene there but they instead of like this is what i found was funny instead of like putting it throughout the movie like oh this is her eating at the beginning this is her eating at the middle end this is her e-, you know they did it all in one yeah. scene <laughs> so it's like a time like a time lapse type thing almost and you're like that was kind of know, a weird which, way which to makes- edit it in <laughs>
0: I know, but it makes absolutely no sense, right? Because it's still like in the same. Yeah, day. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like, it doesn't make any sense. But dude, that was that's such a disgusting scene. I hate that. It just reminds me of the movie Feed. It's the so. Close. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. That's yeah. Man, this, How about,
1: shit, like,
0: this shit is so it. funny. I love that. Like, lick, bitch, fucking pushes her head in between her legs, it, just things like that are just so blatantly like yeah. just yes. But, definitely. <laughs> it's they one of those moments cheeky, you're just proud and to be watching. And you're like. I love watching shit like that. It's just so blatant. What about
1: what they stuck the diaphragm in that chick's vagina and then they, like, hid behind the wall and her freaking vagina exploded? That was fucking weird. And the guy, like, the main sheet guy was, like, laughing and, like, he had blood all over his face. I was like, what the fuck?
0: I know, man. I started laughing. I was like, man, that gives a true – that gives a, like, bonafide meaning to (laughs) bomb-ass pussy.
1: Yeah, it sure does. Damn. (laughs) Literal (laughs) bomb-ass pussy.
0: And 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 that's, like, essentially what they were doing. Like, it's like – I, I so love that man. She That's
2: had so uh, two um, like little helpers that were like black chicks named. I think their names were satin and velvet.
0: Yeah, and they were lesbians, yeah. and they were all, and always always naked, naked. always
2: yeah, naked, man, yeah. And uh, you know, the, what was up with those locks that they kept on their vaginas?
0: Uh, like the chastity belt yeah, thing. Chastity Those are cool. Did. I don't know what, what exactly they were trying to get across with that, but dude, when they first opening up, when they first open up the chastity belt doors.
3: Yeah. Oh and the oh, close-ups oh. of
0: all the muffs, and they're like judging the women on their uh-huh. muffs. I fucking forgot about that. I started pissing myself laughing so hard. It's been a while since i was, as I'd see seen this, I was like, Oh my god, that's so funny. They're, they fucking it's, opened up like a door. <laughs> they literally open like a door and they're focused. And it they're has judging, a key. Oh, yeah. It
2: was a locked oh, door. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's a locked literally a locked door and the guy's like, Oh yeah, there's a I nice just, one. I just feel like <laughs> you know, those don't one. Even work, oh, that's a right? nice color. Because like oh, when they nice open color.
2: the heart, like that's uh-huh. not even where the entrance to the vagina is, you know. <laughs> so it just felt like stupid.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> I know, right? Because they were just like looking at the musk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a nice so... color. Oh, I'll take the red one. <laughs> it's so
1: hilarious hilarious.
0: yeah i don't know what they were trying to get across with having those chastity belts i mean it it led to
2: some cool scenes
0: yeah (laughs) it It did did. yeah um like i mean i mean like the last like i you know uh, the scene where you know the chicks riding the dude there um and they they basically explode oh yeah again with the with the bomb ass pussy (laughs) <laughs> the bomb ass vaginal
1: dude I think
0: that, that that's a that's a killer weapon right there yeah you know you, you put one of these exploding diaphragms in someone and you're like okay go fuck this guy that's like the ultimate way of killing someone of course they're not going to turn it down yeah. i was just thinking i'm like that's harder. a really good weapon man that's actually pretty pretty inventive yeah. how
2: about the guy that fights <laughs> the, the velvet and satin <laughs> the, the black chicks Oh yeah, what
1: the fuck were up with them? They were like running around like shooting people butt naked. Yeah, it was was awesome.
2: There's so (laughs) much nudity in these films, dude. Like last night, Zach messaged me. I was like, dude, I was like, Elsa has some pretty damn big tits or something. And then he was like, film them and show us or something. And I was like, I was like, dude, there's enough nudity boobs and and the jj in this film to show like 45 minutes of of these three films you know like literally how many how much on-screen time is naked i bet it's a lot yeah it's
1: yeah especially with the third one but i mean like i mean still out of all the nudity elsa still has the best body out of everything so it's like at least I thought. Yeah, so. Yeah, I think I that know. the
2: other chick that we mentioned earlier, the other kind of famous sexploitation exploitation actors, is a pretty close second. Yeah, yeah. she's hot.
0: You know, it's it's funny how similar. Of course, the same director and stuff, but you know, also again falling for, um, you know, an American in this film.
2: The, the, the American. D. You know, it's data. totally. It,
0: it's totally. It's calculated, right? It's calculated. <laughs> And of course, and of course, this one right here basically has the same type of outcome. You know, it's a, a revolt. Yeah.
2: Ooh, how about that dude okay. with the burn in the oil, though, where he's like trying to get away and they're throwing matches at him, dude. That was pretty intense. That was sketchy.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude.
2: Shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, there, there's
0: a few scenes in this film that are pretty nasty. Like the the scene with when they're torturing uh, the informant inside there with the with the ants. Oh, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just nasty. I mean it's not as nasty as the first one, but that's a pretty nasty yeah. scene what like super like, vicious man. Like I was what like
1: was oh. that on his foot or something? Like it was like Fire Ants eating his foot or or her, fo- yeah, or her yeah, foot her foot is what I
2: meant to say. Um, yeah. Um you know, so, was so I was, was trying to I was like really hungry when I was watching this one last night and I was like of course I was so. like, okay, I'm gonna <laughs> eat something that is like it like least like gross. So I ate a, I was eating a salad and that didn't even help. <laughs>
1: Hey, watch Ar- Arzako the embalmer and eat especially, a salad not even,
2: uh, Like but, even the nakedness Like I just oh, kept yeah. thinking of all this pubic hair Near my salad <laughs> 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 you,
0: have to, you have to give You know, the director credit in this one Because, you know, you get pretty creative You know what the uh, the exploding diaphragms Which they they with the, Is there two or three scenes two. in the film? There's two, right? Because it's the mechanical dildo scene Right? And then the, yeah. the end scene where they use Okay, so I thought that so was pretty it cool. So does it
2: explode during orgasm then? Because that's pretty
0: interesting. I think it's once you because remember when she's riding, she's uh, they're pressing her to go deeper, like oh, get deeper, deeper. And I think maybe it just triggers it or uh, something. Okay. Maybe maybe it is orgasm. I don't know. They don't really explain, but <laughs> um, but I think they I think they came up with some pretty interesting ideas. Like I, I was laughing so hard yeah. with the one torture scene with the uh, the boob press. And they've got her tits oh. and the vice grips. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, that's funny because it's totally different than the first, like, the first one. You know, They didn't have that in there. But I don't know, there, there's some pretty funny moments. But this one really is. There's so many funny moments and like, laugh out loud moments. So completely different kind of tone you, to this You want to know really something enjoy. very
2: interesting about this one, Mitz? Yo, What's that? Um, it actually has a very famous cinematographer in the horror world. And just the filmmaking world in general.
0: I didn't even mm. look at the cinematographer. Yeah.
2: Mr. Dean kind of that... Oh wow,
0: yeah, really? Yeah, Back to
2: the Future 3, Back to the Future 2, 1 Psycho 2, Halloween 2, I mean the list goes on and on, The Fog.
0: Was it was this one of his first
2: jobs? Uh <laughs> well, he first started working in 73 and this is the first notable film that I see in 76. Okay. So after Man, this that's a, that's Yeah, crazy. he goes on to Halloween, which was his next big film, The Fog. He did without warning, Escape from New York, Halloween, Two, The Thing, Psycho Two, into like the Big Trouble in Little China era, Roadhouse, then into like Back to the Future Part One, Two. I I, I
0: wonder. I wonder if he like used this on his resume, like, "Hey, I did this movie. You know, check it out."
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he did the cinematography in Jurassic Park. Like, dude is legit as fuck. Oh no, no, oh yeah, he's big time, man. That's and it's so amazing because. Dude, he and it makes sense because this one was actually filmed pretty well when you actually look at, you know, I think we mentioned that earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah, it totally, it's definitely filmed the best out of all the films. And it definitely looks the biggest too. And, you know, this one kind of sticks Crazy
2: Dean Cundey, man, on an Elsa film.
0: <clears throat> that you, is pretty you, crazy, you, actually. What's
1: pretty crazy is that uh, Diane Thorne has a fucking doctorate degree in religion.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I well, that. That's <laughs>
1: that's pretty Very
0: odd <laughs> you know one one scene in this film that really it's just it's kind of it's kind of subtle maybe not that subtle but um when they're hammering out that one chick's teeth you know with the with the with the oh, chisel yeah. and like i just like the way the scene ends because <laughs> like you see teeth falling on the ground and then it kind of pans back and then you see about four or five people just standing around going <laughs> <laughs> and it just cuts the next scene. It's like, oh my god! Uh, I'm just fucking and laughing, watching. Uh, that
1: is just so so the funny. cheese. The cheese flows very heavily
0: with this film. Oh my god! And that's the type of shit you're gonna see in this film, like scenes like that. It's just it's yeah. so laughable. Very tongue in actually, cheek. Yeah, very tongue in cheek, and that's pretty much the uh, the tone that you're gonna get with this one. I, like I said, I give him lots of credit for you know going out of the way to have a pretty extreme storyline in a very kind of tongue in cheek film. It's pretty funny. Um, I don't know what are your guys' overall thoughts on this one.
2: Yeah, um, I you know I liked it. I think that it's a little bit better than the first one, or maybe more entertaining, maybe. But well, it's better made too. I don't know. I'm I think I don't know if I like it more or if it's really better. I'm not. sure. Yeah. I, I
0: agree with that. I think this is a way better shot film. It looks better. You know, it's got more story too and things like that. I I think it's a little S a little less entertaining because I mean when I think about Nazi exploitation, I don't think about you know comedy. Even though yeah. all these films are technically funny, maybe not by choice. Yeah. Uh, but this one's really trying to be
2: funny at times. Yeah. You can this tell. one's also not Nazi exploitation.
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess it's not. not it's so. considered a sex exploitation movie. I, mean, is, I, mean, uh, I guess you know the first Elsa film, Nazis play sex It still falls into that category. Yeah. But I guess it does make a little more sense. But uh, I don't know, man. I still find it very entertaining and the whole end like it's just there's I have to say the third act in this film with the revolt is fucking hilarious man there's so oh, many yeah. on-screen deaths in this film like I don't know if you guys noticed, but everybody dies <laughs> like, yeah everybody everybody, everybody dies like, and it's on screen like whether they're being shot and which is funny too because you'll see people get shot in the chest and there's no bullet holes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> there's things like that like that's just how ridiculous the film is but the third act is funny because like as everyone dies and it's just over the top ridiculous and you course you have this heart or this very heart-filled moment where the lesbian's partner gets killed and then she's consoling her dead body and then she gets shot and you're just like "Ah, yeah the choreography gets
2: really crappy in this kind of
0: yeah i kind of feel like you know it's that scene where they're standing around watching or laughing about the girl's teeth on the ground (laughs) because i found myself laughing at that part when she's consoling and then she dies you're like I like
1: how they roasted uh, Ilsa at the end. That little kid roasted Ilsa. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you just got
0: roasted, bitch.
2: (laughs) I know, right? So uh, Uh, you want to get into ratings? Yeah. um, You go first on this one. I'll go first.
0: Uh, Why not? Um, Yeah, I mean, for all the reasons I said before, I I think this movie is probably better made, things like that. Just not as entertaining to me. Um, You know, it has its moments. It's pretty funny. Uh, but I'm going to go with a six and a half out of 10 on this one. Um, yeah, I, I prefer the first one just for the maybe maybe it is the gore factor. Maybe I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know. But
1: I, th- yeah. I think for me, um, it was definitely the gore factor, I guess. I mean, I l- l- I pretty much agree with everything you said. It was definitely a better made film and it had, you know, a lot more stuff going on in it, and there was a little bit more storyline to it. But at the same time, and at the end of the day, it wasn't very, like... When you go into a movie like this, you're kind of expecting to be kind of, like, shocked a little bit more. And I guess for this, this I was, like, laughing more than being shocked at all. Um, you know, the first one was, was, wasn't was shocking. The first one had some funny scenes in it, but you know, it was a little bit more shocking, you know, than, than this movie. So, I mean, I, I'm there with you. I gave this movie a 6 out of 10, so... I mean, yeah. it wasn't a bad movie. It was just a lot more comedy than, I guess,
0: shock factor. Oh, it's, for this it's one. totally watchable. It, you know, it, it's a good companion piece to the first one to put it that yeah, way. Yeah, it definitely is.
2: OK. <clears throat> yeah. Me personally, I think it's a little bit better than the first one. Um, I don't know. I think I like the first one a little bit more. But this one is definitely, I think, better made. We established that. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and give this one a 7 out of 10 as well. Uh, I think this one's slightly better, but not better to get a whole point up higher or even a half point up higher.
0: Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Makes sense.
2: Cool. All right. So
0: yeah, moving into 1977 and I gave a little brief history of this one with Jess Franco filming this one and how Elsa, you know, it was being developed as a film. Yeah. It was actually called
2: Wanda, the wicked warden at first. Yeah.
0: And then they somehow got Diane, um, Thorn on the film, so they just turned it into an Ilsa film, which makes sense. And it, it fits the it fits the whole you know trilogy here. Um yeah, and it is also known on INDB as Wanda the Wicked Warden on here, but it's titled Ilsa the Wicked Warden, of course, 1977. And yeah. So getting into the <laughs> the uh, synopsis of this one. Ilsa and this one right here takes place in South America. Yeah, so, yeah, so. Yeah. we're covering all places in the world. Uh, South America, Ilsa, now a vicious warden, runs a mental hospital for young women. A girl deliberately checks into the hospital to find out what happened to her sister who stayed there. Meanwhile, Ilsa and one of the guards are forcing inmates to have sex with male prisoners, filming them and selling it as porno flicks.
2: <laughs> yeah, so great. And, yeah, uh, it's it's a little <laughs> messy in plot. Like the, yeah, your great. description oh. is like cleaner than the actual <laughs> plot. Well, that, that
0: very, that's very typical. Of Jess Franco. He's not the greatest storyteller. He relies a lot on sleaze and visuals. And you know, as you can tell, I mean, there, I don't think there's a scene in this film that doesn't have tits and muffin in. It. They're yeah, they're dude, literally maybe maybe this so is Actually, oddly enough, I think maybe a couple of the scenes that Jess Franco himself is actually in the film as the doctor. Um, he's the doctor in the film. I think those are pretty much the only scenes in the film where there is no tits and muff, weirdly mm-hmm. enough. <laughs> it's kind of fucking <laughs> like, strange, but the storyline in this movie, oh my god, it's just so, so absurd. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, I find the storyline, it's so Franco, though. Like, he never relies on stories in his films and, and even structure of the, of the stories. All of a sudden, it's just like, hey, this is going on, this is going on. And you're kind of piecing the things together, going, yep, this is Jess Franco. Yeah.
1: <laughs> just, as much as it fully as totally Franco. About, as, lo- as much as you talk about Jess Franco, like, I am very interested to watch. I, have, I haven't hardly watched any of Jess Franco, any of his films, and I'm really interested to watch more of them. But, like, after seeing this movie, I kind of like was in the middle of this movie like am i missing something here like i didn't really <laughs> get the whole purpose to this movie at all like i was like this is just kind of like weird like i was like this is i just maybe missed the mark yeah, on kind well, of understanding what the whole plot was what, what was going on it just the, was weird
2: i think <laughs> the, the big part comes from you know that this girl is infiltrating this thing for a reason but they didn't yeah. really do a good job of letting you know that her like sister was there and make yeah. that a big storyline. Yeah. She gets there, yeah. and well, she does.
0: She, is, she does say that, like you know, her sister disappeared. and She wants to find out, like in the car. You know, yeah, but they don't.
2: When, they don't shine. They don't put a spotlight on it. Good no, enough. Not it's really. Easily missable. Really.
0: Well, there's so many things going on because they they the focus turns away from her storyline so instantly, just to like you know the prisoners and their sexual acts and you know and you know what the porno film, which is very kind of very subtle in the film too like there's scenes where you know the, oh, yeah I filmed this orgy and here it is and it just kind of cuts to that and stuff and it, it's, yeah. a me- it's a messy made film like there's a lot of different stories that are going on in the film but it's just they don't focus a lot on each of them which is strange yeah. because there's a lot of scenes with you know just random sex and you know not random sex but things that are going on um, this is pretty much what can kind of sum it up um, you know this is one of my favorite quotes I, ha- I had to record this so I'm going to play this right now Oh, maybe maybe doesn't want to play maybe just doesn't want to play right you now
2: this is this is innovative <laughs> shit on the 22 shots podcast guys <laughs> yeah now I you don't... now you know how i feel when i'm trying to play the voicemails and you're like you dumb shit you didn't even play it and then I have to put what, it to edit in
1: <laughs> i will i will i will say this while we're waiting on moods um is that i i just found this is apparently the entire ilsa ch- uh, series uh is associated with the video nasties list somehow okay um, they had to all be edited for release, uh, in certain territories. So we kind of were talking about that earlier. So I just thought I, I saw that on here. I thought I'd say that.
2: Cool. Cool. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, this one, honestly, like it's a messy film and it's like, I don't really get what Elsa, I mean the, the, the porno subplot is there, but <laughs> is she involved in that? Does she uh, know that that's yeah. happening?
0: <clears throat> yeah. She knows that it's going on. Oh. she's she's bad shit you know she's just and you know she's evil in the film too right mm-hmm. she knows that it's going on they, but that's the thing they don't really focus on it but there is scenes in the film that do
2: kind of showcase it. she knows what's going on she's just evil she's just like in i think she but i feel like she doesn't really care that much about that she's just having fun with her own thrills oh yeah yeah okay here we go okay so we got the clip
5: I wasn't always a girl. (laughs) I had a very big cock. Imagine. But I wanted to be a real
1: woman. I had an operation to cut my cock and my balls. (laughs) I believe it really worked. (laughs) <laughs> uh, didn't i send that clip to you
0: guys no i i was watching the film and i had to record it i was like oh my god and that's pretty much what you're gonna get in this franco film is shit like that like there was yeah. a there's one of the characters was apparently a guy before and yeah uh cut off the cock and balls but you know
1: i like so snapchatted that 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 scene yesterday when i watched the movie like, like i snapchatted on my feed it was hilarious yeah and that that was a
2: highlight heads? for me because i laughed at that I, I laugh. It's so funny, too, because he
0: or she goes on to explain that, you know, that she's still into women because all men are evil and things like that. I just love that. So great. Because usually what, you know, when you get rid of your organs, you know,
2: yeah, somehow that turns you, you know,
0: probably into guys, <laughs> you know, but totally not gay. I, into- I just <laughs> thought it was so funny, man. But this this movie right here, man, has like so much Oh, again, everything, you know, the you know, the terrible the structure in this film is just it's so beyond bad.
2: I uh, felt like this one was a little bit of a slog to get through for me personally. I don't know if it was because I was getting burnt out on Elsa by the time I got to this one. The fact that it was like 1 in the morning when I stopped oh, watching it or, you know, what. I just was kind of like, uh, this one, you know, this is the one where I was checking the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it's just so, it's just pure sexploitation, you know. I mean, I guess there's a little bit of effects and things like that in there. But, you know, this one, it's it's funny too because it's dubbed like very... <laughs> the dubbing in this film just cracks me up man oh the yeah. dubbing's horrible in this film I know it's it, it's really something that you focus on a lot in it too but you know of course it, it relatively has the same structure you know it's you know sexploitation with the revolt at the end which it has to be the funniest thing ever because it really doesn't make a lot of sense mm-hmm. um, oh the, the, the end scene yeah, like the Revolt. Oh, God. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the wait, where's the story all leading though? up to the Revolt? It's like, okay, all of a sudden they're, they're going to turn on hills, I don't know. It, it I, I, just... Well,
2: I think it was because they let, she let somebody out and they're like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, I know like, I know, I know. It, it's to film that it's movie. just not
0: really explained all no, that much. Like, it's a okay, mess. that's really it's what a it is. Mess. This movie okay. has such cheesy music, man. It How has about the, cheesy music in it, man. What about it's
2: the editing funny. in that final scene where they're, e- they're It turned into a fucking zombie film. Dude. <laughs> I was like, no, it,
0: yeah, turn, uh, it turned uh, into uh, like an animal film. If you watch the scene closely, you'll actually see one of the girls rip off a leg and it's still like attached to a cord, but then they never refocus on that. They yeah. never show like the body parts being ripped apart and stuff. I'm like, oh my god, Franco. Uh, what about so... the scene where the
1: girl was taking a shit and made the other girl lick her ass clean?
0: Yeah, man, that's that's one of the that's one of the yeah, most yeah. infamous scenes about this film. Like they were they were suffering from explosive diarrhea in this scene, and this is kind of like the the S and M dominatrix type bitch there. And you know, to get some information out of her, she has to like wipe her her uh, culo. What
2: was she say? Yeah, I was so like wipe her culo, and then and then that. she's like.
0: She's like, no, you got to clean it better, bitch. And then you, she makes her lick her asshole out, which is covered in shitty diarrhea. I didn't and then, even know. The next... yeah,
2: I meant, must have missed the diarrhea scene or something.
0: Yeah. And then, then she's next scene, she's fucking puking in the toilet. It's just a yeah. vile, vile scene that yeah. Jess Frankel threw in. It's Rek. one of those scenes that you just always kind of remember. But yeah, what I take away from this film is the is kulo the licking scene. It's just yeah. fucking yeah. nasty. That's it was all fucking the... information. You're just treating her like shit, man.
3: Oh. <laughs> <This is what laughs> That's definitely the
0: worst scene. But yeah, this one right here is probably bonafide the most sleazy one. I mean, th- there's nothing but sex and just nudity and and just yeah. ridiculousness in this film. It's it's typical Jess Franco. Like I said, um, that was Lena Romay, uh, the girl that gets her asshole licked in this one. She's um, very very famous exploitation. She was in a ton of Jess Franco films. She was yeah, what, very, very what is, well known, um, very very well known in the in this type of genre films. She's and kind
2: stuff. of Elsa's uh, little love thing, right? Yeah. I,
0: I guess she's yeah. Um, I I guess if that's what you want to say. Was she like
2: acupuncturing her earlier in the film? What the fuck was that about?
0: Who knows? (laughs) Just a scene to have, you know, a naked woman laying on another naked woman. (laughs) (laughs) One of my, one of my favorite scenes in this film is definitely the shower fight scene. Total Jess Franco, typical shit right there, because it's awesome. when he filmed it too. Like, I mean, you see some open pussy in those scenes and (laughs) awesome man love the open gash it's good shit
2: yeah craziness man it's just craziness they they sleazy, they're sleazy, fighting sleazy. A, they're, there's literally like a scene where they start wrestling in the shower like it's <laughs> it's ridiculous
0: yeah i totally just said that
2: oh really yeah I totally missed that
0: um but yeah, yeah i mean I, I, again i'm just going back to jess franco because like as like i said if you're familiar with his films those are very typical type scenes just sleazy as all can be, man. Ugh. Yeah, it's just very typical of Franco. And I don't know. There's not really a whole lot to say about this film because it's, it's just it's it's like a messy, messy film. The structure, of this there's story there. Nothing is ever fully developed in it, but it's still relatively entertaining. I will say this one is definitely my least favorite, and uh just for the fact that like you know, there's not really a lot of, you know, extreme kills or extreme things that are going. And the ending is just. Probably the one of the funniest endings ever. Really, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it, it's just oh my god! It's so bad. It's so bad. But highly entertaining though. I mean, really, if you like looking at huge, huge, overpopulated muffs. Like man, dude, like it. it the one, the, the the sister in this film, the one that's you know that checks herself in. Uh, I can't remember what her name is. um I'm so bad with names. I'm so bad with names. Uh, was it Abby? Abby Phillips—that's her character's name. Her muff is so bad, <laughs> like the biggest thing ever. It's awesome.
2: Yeah. So, uh, anything else?
1: <laughs> not much to say about this one, really.
2: <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's it's not very good, honestly. If I'm being yeah. honest, it isn't. But
0: you know, it's kind of funny because. You know, going back to Jess Franco Productions, like, it's, you know, it's not bad, but the one thing about this film that is is frustrating is some of the editing is just so bad in it. Like, it just go like, the oh, editing is so shitty, <clears throat> which is very reminiscent of, you know, Franco films in general, but.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Ratings? I'm down.
1: You want me to go first this time?
2: Sure.
0: Sure. Uh,
1: So this movie. um, So I I I was pretty burnt out on Ilsa, too, when I when I started this movie. But at the same time, I started this movie and I got about I don't know, I got about 30 minutes into it. And I was just I was just kind of all over the place with my thoughts. I was kind of like confused in a way um of kind of just the whole situation of what was going on and i kind of felt that way throughout most of the movie and like like moods was saying i mean you know it there was kind of that underlying story of the girl infiltrating to you know see if her sister was there and i i just kind of thought that they didn't really explain that very well The, the plot mainly was the whole situation like plot was just all over the place i think that movie was just made for like tits and muff to be walking around well, you, you can tell some of the good. scenes
0: like the whole you know selling porno flicks and stuff like those scenes felt like they were just shot and then they just kind of threw them into the film Oh, yeah, they just totally. threw there. as like filler because nothing's oh, ever wait. fully developed like you said you even asked the question it, it was ilse so even involved in it and it's it's still like he probably just had this idea i'm like i need to make up some time some filler so we'll just put this into there you yeah. know because it's perfect because you can have an orgy scene out of context in a film but then why not just throw it into this sub substory sub story oh we're yeah. selling porno flicks so yeah, you have this interview like, where this guy's buying some porno flicks in this uh-huh. nice Which little totally um,
2: place as well.
0: <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, he probably shot these. And like, OK, this is what we're going to do.
2: Yeah, you know, he, he probably just was like, oh, shit, I forgot about I needed to tie all this together. <laughs> went back and like did some reshoots.
0: <laughs> well, what's the sleaziest shit that we could possibly do? OK, we have this prison for, you know, uh, fucked up uh, criminals and things patients. like that. Well, if we film them having sex, we can just exploit that more by selling the tapes.
2: I like how the guy comes in and was like, "Oh, very, very nice, a uh, very nice uh, establishment you're running here." <laughs>
0: like, and there's so many. Yeah. That, like, I mean, the very end scene when you know when Ilsa's getting torn apart, cannibalistically ways, uh, you know, then Dude, that was so generic. You s- like, was but like, you what? see the guy, you see the guy that's selling the tapes and he's filming it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I knew this was gonna happen. No expression yeah, this is on not his not
2: face. Yeah, like he's <laughs> the mastermind behind the whole thing. Like, yeah. Thing. Like,
0: like we were expecting him to.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Totally. He's batshit awesome. You know. he, Yeah. You know, like whatever, man. Yeah,
1: dude. Like, like his face—he had zero expression on his face. He was sitting there just staring blindly, like blankly staring at. I this. just love it how
0: how it looks like he choreographed this thing. Like he's filming. He already had the camera set up. He's like, he knew this revolt was going to happen. <laughs> there's like a the whole like, fucking how, thing
1: how, how did that picture just slide to the side And there's like this little window sitting there and he's like sitting there
2: staring <laughs> and then
1: all of a sudden all these bitches turn into fucking cannibals and like they start like eating ilsa I'm like, it's what not
2: up? even cannibals though like they turn into animals
0: yeah, they're...
1: yeah i
2: know and then the and then the
0: stock footage of the line like the
1: stock footage of the lions. i was like this is just really fucked i was like this is I don't know, man. Like I remember getting to the end of the movie and like I, I was watching all that that scene go on. And then I just like like the the credits started rolling and I just shook my head and stood up and turned off the TV. I was like, I don't know what even to, to think about this shit right now. <laughs> I, like, I always like to feel
0: this. Out, like how th- this establishment is supposed to be like a jail for like insane women and stuff. And I'm like, man, this jail definitely has the least amount of bars I've ever seen in a jail. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. Like they're supposed to be. In- it's not just like a mental institution. It's like it's like a prison.
1: <laughs> they have a lot of rooms they have a lot of rooms to torture people in and not enough bars
0: yeah <laughs> i know right
1: i don't know man i i fucking was i just really did not get this movie i kind of felt like it was a movie that just kind of got like you were saying was just put together and then they just got diane thornton to come in and say some lines and through her yeah. i mean like, that's scenes. that's, that's essentially part of the what he that's
3: does, part of the
0: dub, though, right dude. yeah yeah
1: yeah I mean, I don't know. I, I I give this movie 5 out of 10, man. I I thought it was like there was a lot of scenes in it that were funny to watch, and it mm-hmm. wasn't a horrible horrible movie by any means, but yeah. at the same time, you know, I don't know. It was like nowhere near as good as the first two that I watched. So Yeah.
2: I don't know. Um me personally, I I just think there's not much to it besides just the sex stuff. I mean, there's there's boobs and there's uh, you know, muff I guess and that's that's kind of it it's just it's kind of a hard one to get through for me personally uh there's just nothing there this film has nothing really to offer besides a few you know odd scenes like that one moods mentioned with the uh diarrhea thing or whatever uh I give this one a 4.5 out of 5 um which is kind of still a high rating in my opinion but yeah
0: i mean uh, my rate my rating is probably a little too high on this one but uh, you know oddly enough i do find this movie and like entertaining in a very strange way because there's so many parts in this film that i find myself just shaking my head and laughing uncontrollably like it's just so fucking stupid and you can tell this was just put together in probably fucking 24 hours type deal right
3: yeah
0: um but you know again, you know, knowing a little bit of Jess Franco's cinema. I've seen way too many Jess Franco films. Um I've seen worse. I've seen a lot worse Jess Franco films, man. Like there's <laughs> there's definitely worse stories and worse. I mean, he is the king of throwing in just sex scenes for having sex scenes. Like he just oh my god. You should watch some of his uh, non sploitation films. Fuck <laughs> me. There's so much lesbian you, you you can't even handle all the lesbian none scenes man it's just it's crazy they're just there for the sake of being there um but yeah this one right here if i can take anything away from this one it's a girl licking another girl's shitty asshole and then puking after that's pretty remember memorable (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know right i I love it but one of my favorite things about this movie is that diane thorne looks completely different in this movie we never touched on it but she's got this awesome red hair and she's fucking hot in this film man like super super hot um i like it uh You know, uh, the cheesy effects, really, really bad makeup effects in this one. Um, the, I like the smoking pussy scene where he injects the, uh, oh yeah, the acid into the pussy and just this puff of smoke kind of clouds up, but you can tell it was just like somebody blowing smoke from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so fucking bad, but uh, I just oh, wipe my culo, wipe my culo. <laughs> <laughs> I can love it, man, it's so bad. But yeah, this is a the structure is what kills this movie. Just nothing adds up. It doesn't make any sense. Followed by a ridiculous ending, but. I can laugh at this one, five and a half out of 10. Like I said, way too high, but it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable, but terrible. It's a terrible film. Yeah. So. Uh, so that I guess wraps it up, right? That is going to conclude episode 68. And owe oh, you one. No, episode 69, the Ilsa trilogy, which I like to call the revote trilogy just because I think I'm funny, but I'm not really that funny. So, um, <laughs> but yeah i had fun man thank you once again kyle for uh for joining us on uh, the yeah. show uh, yeah how
1: yeah, many episodes is this up. now <laughs> uh i think this is the fourth episode i've been on i want to say i believe it's the third or fourth i can't remember i was on the children of the corn tales from halloween and wasn't I on oh stung. yeah the uh, stung episodes oh, oh
0: yeah stung. stung i was like what the hell's the yeah. other one stung yeah. i totally forgot about stung Yep. Um, yeah, but always great to have you here and yeah, hopefully you'll be back soon. Maybe with, for the, ma- um, master of puppets. What the hell am I talking about? Puppet <laughs> master. <laughs> no, maybe the howling. Want to do the howling? Uh, we'll Go. see. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a franchise.
2: Yeah. We have plenty Something more episodes. Else. I want to do the, uh, to well, I don't by. want
0: to say like anything that's coming out that you guys are
1: doing, but there's one coming up that I, I would like to be on. So okay. we'll, you know see about
2: it. we'll talk behind the scenes. We'll let
0: people know no we not we don't let people know <laughs> but uh yeah anyways guys that's gonna do it for episode 69 hope you guys enjoyed it i had a lot of fun with this one um i would actually like to do more exploitation type stuff in the future yeah. i mean we got feedback we got positive feedback saying that pe- you know people wanted to see more of this anyways so yeah um, but they're always fun to do it's, it's a mix up and yeah i look forward to uh you know answering more voicemails make sure to phone in leave some questions yeah like questions it's always a fun part of the show and and once again, thank you to Rob and Lawrence for phoning in. Those are awesome. And uh, who else? Uh, Matt. Yeah, oh, Matt. look at me remembering three names. I can't remember names <laughs> life. me. But anyways, guys, that's going to do it. JP, take
2: us out. All right. So there are many important things that you guys need to know. One, we will be back next week. Two, you can find out all the great stuff on 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Facebook group page. If you want to leave us a voicemail, 724-426-6665. And check us out on Horophilia, our YouTube channels. That's Mood 616. That's The Horophile. I am Double Shot J. And we're out. See you guys next week.
3: Peace.